also known as COVID strikes. <laughs> this is the dream preview. To my left, two-time Super Contest champion and in the money, second place, the third quarter for over. It was interesting. I saw online someone was talking about your victory or your uh, place, your cashing, Fez, and you ended up getting 10700 Yes. So you were just saying 10000 I mean, you're so big time, the 700 doesn't even, like, it doesn't even deign to mention it. It seemed like... But somehow I wanted 100 and it was a big deal. <laughs> somehow I wanted him to pay for, for lunch, and he didn't. I, Thank I, you for lunch, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Fezzik, he, this is the way you stay on top, I guess. Maybe I'd rather be not on top. To my right, he's not on top. A.J. Hoffman, Thank the fan you. who beats the man, who apparently was hanging out in a place so cool that Grant Hill was there, and then he had to be escorted out. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm only R.J. Bell. We're doing it a little different this week. There is a lot of COVID uh, tumult, and obviously we look at that from the perspective of sports batting. We're not here as commentators on you know, morality or ethics or politics. Now, occasionally, we have political opinions, and you know, like any other humans, we'll express them, not as experts, but as people. But, Fez, I'm sure you've been watching every tick of the COVID. Any political statements? No, it's football season. Uh, <laughs> it's no time for politics. Showtime! Woo! All right, Fez, now we're doing something a little different because of all of the uncertainty around COVID. Now, we're actually doing only our three biggest picks today. So it's going to be five-weight, four-weight, three-weight. And then we're going to touch on each game quickly. And the theory being there's a lot of these games that have COVID implications. Obviously, the Browns is a big one. Um, which are Washington, The Rams, Rams. And, and then the Washington football team. Those are the three biggest. With the added complexity of the ankle issue on Heineke with Washington. Knee injury. Oh, yep. it's a knee injury. And I also think that as a contest play, we will we'll game these on if somehow on Saturday there's some extreme line move, we're gonna probably make a play on that, you know, to our advantage for the contest. But you know what? Maybe we won't because if the game gets canceled, it's actually a loss. So if it's on the border of being canceled, we gotta do that. But it has nothing to do with helping the listeners handicap. So we're not going to bother with it. We're going to be, what is our handicapping likes and don't likes? And starting out with your best bet five weight, Fez, and you've got it on, oh my gosh. <laughs> Do I see this right? <laughs> the high profile Houston Texans catching three and a half at Jacksonville. I really like this game, RJ. And I know why this line is three and a half. It opened three. This week, and the analytics math geeks laid it with Jacksonville. Why? Well, if you look at the underlying statistics of both teams, Jacksonville has been the somewhat superior team. So, okay, if you get the superior team at home, I can see why they thought. So, what analytics show that? So, if you just look at yards per play, mm-hmm. the Jacksonville is a far superior team versus Houston. Well, what's the numbers? One point four plus minus one point four for Houston, minus point six for Jacksonville. Okay, so Jacksonville, since they're by, seems to be a different team. Exactly. So that's my that's my handicap is that I've got two terrible teams, but Jacksonville 
I really believe we never say the word quit. The players quit on their coach. Well, you used to say tank to 10 teams a year. But and, and I'll be the first to say that, you know what, the Jacksonville defense is still playing hard for their defensive coordinator, but this Jacksonville offense, I don't think I've ever seen this before where the quarterback comes out and says, you know what, we're just not playing James Robinson enough. And the coaching staff's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, we probably should be playing him more. Like like some of the quotes that are coming out. Except they only he only had six carries. I know. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know he wasn't on the field. <laughs> and, and the bottom line is the effort level from the Jags on offense. To, the eye test says this team absolutely does not want to be there. They don't want their coach to be there. And you see it in this total. This total is 39 in this game. And... I mean, Houston doesn't, their defense is no great shakes, but I got to tell you, I think this Jacksonville offense is absolutely a, and maybe I should just be betting the team total as well under for Jacksonville for under 21. I don't see them scoring 17, over 17 points. And if they only get 17, how in the world in an NFL game are they going to cover minus three and a half? So I like Houston plus the three and a half. So we've been on the Jacksonville offense being. Uh, underperforming for a while. Um, the team total right now is 21, you're saying? Uh, the math would say 21 and a half and 18. I haven't checked it, but that's what the total, the total on the game is 39 and a half and three and a half point spread. Okay, so now um, we want to check on those totals because if it's 21 and a half, that feels like a play. Absolutely. Because okay. that's really the side of this game. I want. I, I am betting on the Jacksonville offense to struggle all game long. Maybe you guys can check when when the last time Jacksonville covered their team total was. I feel like they're on a pretty good run of not meeting expectations. And on the Jacksonville that side of the offense ball. has not scored over twenty three points all year long. <laughs> but there's certainly, you know, the those who were trying to dismiss it would say uh, in the contiguous United States or whatever, but. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> there was a period where it looked like they were trending up. They won in London. Yeah, they got that was their twenty three. And yes. then, and then since then, it's like we. It seems to be regression from Trevor Lawrence, the savior. He's um, got. He's getting worse. Well, it's not his fault. A lot of people. It's not his fault. A lot of people kept talking about how he was going to improve as the year, and then about week nine, uh, not so much. Not his fault though. No. Don't blame him. If, if, if he got the savior. If he got the Belichick, he'd be the MVP. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, all right, so FanDuel right now has a 21. Um, you want? Is there anywhere else that might be up at? Yeah, I'll check that online. And, by the way, to AJ's question, Jaguars have gone seven straight games under their total, 11 out of 13 games this season. Okay. So, to me, the reason at 21 and a half that I would like this is we're just the mathematics would be giving us the, you know, 21 is a key number. You know, obviously 22, 23, or, you know, isn't, as, or especially 22 isn't. And thus, you know, the, the mechanics of it. Now, maybe this is open 21 and a half and got bet down. This feels like something that's going to get bet down. You know, it's interesting. Normally, I would say that completely, but money has come in on the Jags globally, so the math would would point to um, their team total going up. But then again, money's come on the under on the game as well, so those would push it in opposite directions. Now, do you think that the money is simply the math, guys? Yes, All I right. really do. And and you believe that the trend line is significant because usually when you only talk about ten games, twelve games, fourteen games, you want there to be more games in your sample and to partition off the year and say, Hey, before this, it doesn't matter. That's dangerous. 
here you think it's, the case is can be made that it's worth having a smaller sample size because it's more pertinent. Exactly right. The last couple games more significant than the season long. But and, you could even make the case since the bye week, right? Yes. And and if if you watch that game against the Titans, you, f- you just got the feeling they could have played eight quarters and Jacksonville wasn't going to score in that game. So, AJ, you spent over a decade on Houston radio, just moved from Houston a few months ago. You have been a skeptic of the Texans this year. What do you think of this pick? It's the only way I could look. I certainly want nothing to do with the Jags. I think these two teams are closest to even right now. Given, I, I think the Texans are a worse team, but I think the Jags, the way they're playing right now, the turmoil situation is getting so bad that the only way I could look would be the Jags here. The, the best unit on the, only the field way you could look would be the Texans. Right, yeah, the Texans. I mean, the, the only the best unit on the field is the the Jags run D. The Texans, don't, they don't. Rex Burkhead is their leading ball carrier the last two weeks. The Texans don't care about running the ball. They know they can't win that way. They're trying to see what they've got in Davis Mills. That's the way they're going to continue to to work. Uh, and you know what? The Texans were able to go get a win on a, a on the road against a Titans team that had no weapons. I don't see why they couldn't do it here. So I I, I endorse this one. Well, by. Most accounts, Davis Mills is playing better than he was. I mean, he's coming off his best game. Yeah, and there's people, you know, the reports that I've read recently is the Patriots were going to take Mills if they didn't get uh, Mac Jones. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, now not in the first round, but, you know, and maybe I don't know what round. Was Houston a little early with that? I don't know. But, uh, and I heard someone just recently, I can't remember. I don't know, maybe Pete Futex's name or something, but he's a college football guy. But Pete Futek, yeah. Is that right? Yep. He was talking about how, you know, he's, you know, he was a fan of Mills before the draft and that, you know, there's nothing he's seen that makes him less of a fan. So it does seem like maybe the trend line's right. Let's, though, be realist for a second. If, let, let's, let's spin a little hypothetical here for a second and say, Imagine that you were in it for the long haul, all right? So maybe you're the GM, you're the owner. Do you want to win this game if you're the Houston Texans owner? Because two things. One, don't you want Urban Meyer coaching Jacksonville for as long as possible? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And don't you want a higher draft pick than Jacksonville? Yes. Yes. Now, in general, in general, I'm not a believer in that kind of stuff. But this one seems to be a double win. I I used to always root for Marvin Lewis to do well as a Steelers fan. Just well enough. Just well enough. Him and Andy Dalton, huh? Yeah. I I mean, I didn't want there to be any move off of steady as you go. Steady as you go, Cincinnati. And now, no, they got rid of Dalton. They bought him out. Now they got Burrow, and Burrow's a problem. So it does strike me that... Now, it doesn't seem like the head coach. If this was Detroit and you got a guy with a six-year deal, you know, who knows? It does feel like there's uncertainty about Houston's coach next year. So how does the GM and the owner come down? I, I don't know how the mechanics of it, but, boy, it makes sense, doesn't it? It does. I will say the Texans, there's some of these bad teams at the bottom, the the Jags, the Jets, the Texans presumably would be competing more with the Lions because they're the teams that would be looking for a quarterback. We assume the Jags well, you always and, and, want a higher pick. Yeah, but we assume the Jags and the Jets aren't going to be taking quarterbacks. They, but who knows if someone trades up and takes a quarterback? That is yeah, true. the value's still there. Yeah, yeah. We just traded away. So 
I mean, do, do we account for Do we question Houston's motivation? I did not factor that. <laughs> but doesn't in. Jacksonville but I, I think, in, have the same motivation? Just No, because if, if anything, Urban Meyer needs a win more. He wants. He has to stop this deluge of negativity. You know, I actually think it's it's really likely he gets fired. Like, okay. like 80%. So, so that means that he needs to win this game like blood, as you would say. I His think jobs are, well, if you're going to say he's fired regardless, yes. I, I just, it's just not, I mean, there's nothing to say that's the case. If not, why isn't he fired now? If so, they're getting, every day they keep Urban Meyer, Jacksonville gets more bad publicity. Mm-hmm. Why would you keep him unless there's a chance you think he can weather this storm? It's a good question. Right? There's no reason. Yeah. I mean, you have to pay him. Well, you're going to have to Regardless. pay him in a couple of weeks anyway. Right. So I mean, it's not like you're going to give someone a rate. You're going to give <laughs> you're you, gonna get, you're gonna up coach. someone. Yeah, you're going to up someone on the staff. And I don't. So in, maybe they do get a raise in that case. I don't know. But it's not a material amount of money for a billion dollar organization. But it strikes me keeping Urban Meyer at this point means you're going to keep him. You don't keep someone through the worst of it. Only to fire, or at least it doesn't make sense to keep him through the worst of it. Only to fire him when things settle down. But the players have don't want him to stay. Then why? Then why not? Uh, which brings up another point. I don't think. Uh, so you're saying the players might be thinking we want Urban Meyer to lose to lose his job, thus. But that goes against your point that he's going to lose it anyway. The players must think something hangs in the balance, and you're thinking that would motivate them to play poor. The players aren't smart enough to realize that he's going to be gone. They want to ensure that he's gone. The players aren't smart. <laughs> They're not as smart as you. The, the millionaires aren't as smart as you guys, all those millionaires. Um, I think this can go a lot of different directions. I, I think in general it's hard for the players to not play hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier for a coach to scheme things up. And they talk about the good plays and the bad plays. It strikes, you know, like, oh, Andy Reid's holding back the good plays. It strikes me that um, if anyone wants to affect a game, it's the coaches can, the GM can't affect it. The coaches can. And you can affect it in a way that no one could. If you as an, whoever's calling plays on offense or defense, if you wanted to affect things, you could affect things in a way that very, only a couple of people on earth could ascertain. Sure. So, hey, DraftKings has a 21 and a half. You want to put an order in for that? I will. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the drama continues for Urban Meyer. Did you see the latest allegations today? Trevor Lawrence came out and said, we can't have any more drama. We can't win when there's drama. And about an hour later, uh, kicker Josh Lambeau came out and said that Urban Meyer kicked him during a warm-up earlier in this season, back in August, says he kicked him and said, hey, dipshit, make your kicks. <laughs> and then kicked him in the leg. He said he he characterized the kick as a 5 out of 10. And then he told Meyer, don't you ever effing kick me again. Lambo said Meyer told him, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the F I want. Now, first thing I'm thinking is, if this was such a big deal, why wait till now to say it? Because I'm the kicker. No, but that's what I'm saying is, is, is if you're gonna act all bad about it, like how tough you are, but then what did he? Then what did Lambo do to that when he said, "I'll kick you whenever the f I want"? Did he quit? No. Right. He kept so, missing. He kept missing yeah. point afters until he got cut. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, when did he get cut? Uh, September, uh, October 19th. So he still didn't have the guts to say it even after he no. was cut. Mm. But now it feels like there's an avalanche coming. So now the trouble starts. I mean, come on. I, I, as a GM, if I were, I would be less inclined to sign that guy over these shenanigans. 
Uh, listen, obviously Meyer has had it his way for a long time. He's won national titles. You know, at the last two stops he went, he got uh, he got dragged out of retirement with a jumbo contract. Uh, I mean, I, why do you think he became an asshole all of a sudden now? Or has he been this the whole time? He's certainly been this the whole time. So then why is it now all of a sudden a big story? Because an asshole who eighteen-year-olds. Because an asshole who wins is acceptable. Mm-hmm. An asshole who's going two and thirteen, unacceptable. Yeah, but I think it's more than that. I because uh, you Jimmy Johnson went one and fifteen his first year with the Cowboys. One and fifteen. So it's like I mean, obviously, he's rubbing these pros the wrong way, like you were saying, the age I've thing. never seen so many negative reports about a head coach. I it's, can't recall a precedent. The cough, Like when Coughlin was the head coach of the Giants, like it, it, there's and, and even the Jags, when they were winning, it was okay. Once they started losing, he lost that team because if you're that kind of a coach, if you're that disciplinarian, you're, you, you punk out your players, if you're winning, they deal with it. If you're losing, it gets old in a hurry. All right, so I think there's a lot of issues and motivation. Personally, I don't think it's sway. I like this pick a lot. Um, and and tr- you're officially off the Texans. I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna <laughs> suck have to you have back him. in, baby. I'll have to have him this week. But I like it. I, I just think that the fact that we can explain why the line is what it is, because to some degree, the public is. This will be an un, a public underdog times crazy. I think. Mm. You think a lot of the public's going to be laying the lumber here? No, not with all with all these reports. The only caveat I want to make is that obviously last Sunday favorites went 11 and two against the spread. So the public is like, lay the lumber and you win, but probably on the bigger spreads. So there's going to be inflation, I think, on some select games. Yeah, but whatever that phenomenon is, the idea of uh, playing Jacksonville, the team that's had more negative talk about it than all other teams combined, laying over a field goal? Yeah, I think people want to they want to lay the lumber with Tampa Plus, or Green Bay. the first time they played. Yeah. yeah, nobody wants to go to the window and say, I'll give points to take the Jets or the Jags. But, but doesn't that make the O? Doesn't that make the O or the three and a half point spread here seem like unless we could explain, which we can, why this line is what it is, it would scare me. I agree with that. But again, it's because the numbers say it should be, but we don't think the numbers are as pertinent because of the divide of the year. Exactly right. Okay. AJ Hoffman, you have a best bet, which happens by coincidence. To be the same as my best bet, though supposedly it was done with, and I'll say supposedly. How did you know I, well, let me say that. How did you know I was going to pick this game? I had no idea. All right, go ahead. And I'm on it as well. Oh, this is a triple like, but you got a three-way on this one. The Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half against the Tennessee Titans. And I I think this is another chance to back the Titans or back the Steelers while they're fighting for their season. The Titans still don't have the bodies they need to be good on offense and that a 20 to nothing win over the Jags is kind of a smokescreen for the fact that they still don't have anybody out there. Pittsburgh, I thought I liked the way that they clawed their way back into the Minnesota game. It, it speaks to them still giving great effort. If they lose this, I could see the dream crusher happening. I don't think that's happened yet. The Steelers defense during this bad stretch has been kind of their, their bugaboo, their biggest problem. But in this game, I don't know that it's going to be so a wait, big problem. What's been the bad stretch when they beat the Ravens? No, that was part of the good stretch. But I, I guess we're in in this recent swoon. Okay, uh, but was the swoon part of when they beat the Ravens? No, 
It was part of I think I'll say from from the time that was the uptick since the game where they tied with the Lions. I think we have to consider that swooning. So we think, can we look at the schedule from that? Yeah, on? I'll pull it up. Because yeah, because the Chargers, the comeback against the Chargers was pretty darn impressive, and even the Viking loss. Okay, the first half was terrible, but. Whole lot of gumption. Well, I mean, it felt like the Minnesota game was a scheduled loss. You don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you schedule a team to play a road game on Thursday after right. their heated rival, boy, that's the NFL. It doesn't seem like a fair schedule. And, and, if, and if ever there was a game, you'd say, "Oh, this game's over." And I thought this when the Vikings got up twenty-nine nothing. I was like, "Oh, there's no way Pittsburgh's coming back in this one." And they did. They're one three and one in their last five. So read the game. Tie Lions, loss at Chargers. So, so, so we're just going to start with the Lions. What about the game before that? How'd well, that's do? why I said the recent swoon. Okay, I okay. Mean, let's just, but let's make sure we know we're trying. You're trying to make it look bad. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, you tied with the Lions. That's bad. That's oh, there's okay. no looking good there. Well, the Ravens uh, should have lost to the Lions, and who did the Lions end up beating? The the Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. So and no Big Ben, right? Am I right? Remember right? Lions game correct. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, with your backup quarterback, crappy weather. Yeah. Lions loss at Chargers, loss at Bengals, win at Ravens or win home Ravens and loss at Vikings. Yeah. So obviously the Bengals, uh, both games were two low points for Pittsburgh. Now we've got both Dave Asler, Diamond Dave, and the Hitman. Both happen to be on this side, too. How did they know what you were going to pick? I don't know. I don't know. It does make sense, though. The Fez has it. This is all the, the circle is closing here. But you know what? I don't mind because I don't know if this is going to be a super public side, though it has been moving. It was two. Now it's one and a half in the contest. Let's start with seniority first. Diamond Dave, also known as Uncle Dave. Let's hear his analysis. I love him at the Steelers, plus two, and the under 20-and-a-half first half against the Titans on Sunday. The Titans, without Henry, a two-point win at home over the Saints, a loss to the Texans, a beatdown at New England, and there's an offense that averaged 3.8 yards per play against the Jaguars. That was after a bye, without Henry. The Titans were one of the best first-half teams. Without Henry, they're averaging seven-and-a-half first-half points per game. Steelers have only scored six points in the first half of their last three games, combined. So Bailey under 20 and a half first half. Mathematically, of course, the Steelers have a reason to play. But the rest of their schedule, probably not. That's why they're minus 1,000 to miss the playoffs. Regardless, Ben has two more home games probably ever. He doesn't want to be that guy that everyone says should have retired sooner, although he probably will be. Steelers are 4-2 at home. They can't afford to lose. Pittsburgh's run defense will be made to look better than it is without Henry. Daniel's last four games, three touchdowns, five interceptions without Henry. And now without AJ Brown, so I bet the Steelers as well plus two over the Titans. And he added in the uh, bonus play on under in the first half, as you guys heard, under twenty and a half. What do you think about that under there, Fez? Anything? Oh, I love it. The Titans are dead nut under team right now. I could see the Steelers being conservative. My only concern is Big Ben. You know, this is so much better offensively at home than he is on the road. But um, it sure looks like this is going to be a slog. You know, 10 7, 7 7 game at halftime. So, Mackenzie, take a gander at Steelers scoring and total points, offense, defense in the first half versus second half. I'm on that. All right. 
Um, we'll listen to Hitman in a moment. Why don't you continue with your handicap? Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that the Titans have the, the offense to take advantage of the defense for the Steelers. It's been slipping. And then Tomlin is an underdog. It's always the, the let's go, let's rally, boys. 43-22 and two all-time, 66% as a dog. As a home underdog, 13-3-2, and 81%, has won the last five outright. So this is the, a classic back-the-Steelers spot against this bad Titans offense. Yeah. only thing you got to be worried about is when, when a team is at a certain level, a higher level, and they're rarely ever a home dog, then their level drops and they're a home dog more often. It's really a different scenario. When they're a home dog every time, every game they're playing. Well, yeah, yeah. But obviously Pittsburgh had the year without Big Ben in which they did well as a home uh-huh. dog. So I'm not saying it's not applicable. but Have it, they been a home dog this year yet? Um, I, I don't recall. I mean, I would almost have to think so. Take a, I mean, we should have the they, rundown. They were, uh, they've hosted Raiders, Bengals, Broncos, Seahawks, Bears, and Ravens. Uh, Lions and Ravens. Uh, yeah, well, Ravens. Ravens, they would have been was, a dog. Yeah, they were, well, yeah, it was four, four and a half. And one outright. They were also a point and a half dog hosting Denver week five. Okay. Okay. And won that one outright. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, to me, the Tomlin thing is the whole A8 and 1 and not being below 500, it's going to be a huge motivator for this team, even if they do That's lose. That's a really a great point. This game. But I think now with Baltimore as hurt as they are, and with Cincy, the uncertainty with Cincy and the uncertainty with Cleveland, there is a sense that Pittsburgh can win this division. Oh, unquestionably. So I think motivation is for sure there. For and, and the spot is great. They just played Thursday. They got a moral. Meaning they got 10 days. 10 days, exactly, off of a moral victory. I know that... You can argue how, how how impressive that is, but they were excited. They sure they're still fighting. Almost came all the way back, and now they got ten days, and they get to play a phony team that isn't any good. That just got a twenty nothing um, win because they were playing a dead team in Jacksonville. It's a perfect spot. And 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 I think that the Jacksonville's and I think phony might be a fair word. Win last week is whenever you think a team is is dropping off because of something, and then if they have a deceiving performance that kind of belies what you think is really happening. It kind of says, no, 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 that's not happening. How do you do that? Belies is the perfect word. (laughs) You have not used belie in 20 months. Go ahead. I don't know. But thank you. But But the reality is, and what happened with Tennessee is, obviously they have overperformed since they had so many injuries, and, and obviously with King Henry going out. I mean, starting with that win against the Rams, and they've lost some games, yeah, but it, they've overperformed. And then when you win 20 nothing, who watched that game? Nobody. Hardly anyone. And you look at it and go, okay, they're doing all right. It does feel like the Pittsburgh that just got – and let's be honest, did a lot of people watch that comeback against the Vikings or a lot of people tuned out after mm. it was like whatever, right, 29 nothing. Sure. So in general, the impression was Pittsburgh crap again – and Tennessee, steady as you go. Fighting for the number one seed. Yeah. Exactly. They're 9-4 team. They're, they only outscored their opponents by 34. This Think is a great that. public perception play, which is one of my favorites. Any closing thoughts before we listen to the Hitman on it? Nope. Let's hear what the Hitman has to say. Best bet, Steelers plus two. The Titans continue to be the league's most overrated team. The market is still treating them as if they're an average team, but the reality is, is that they're well below average. The Titans won with a shutout last week against the Jags, but they were only able to muster a pathetic 3.7 yards per play 
against a quitting Jags team. This is an offense that struggled to create big plays even when they had Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown as they have the league's fewest 20 or more yard plays for the season. And without those players, this is an offense just full of no-names. Mike Tomlin, 21-9 and against the spread as an underdog. And the rest advantage goes to Pittsburgh, who needs this game like blood to keep their playoff hopes alive. These are two similar teams, but we're catching points at home with the Steelers. Best bet, Pittsburgh plus two. The translucent one comes in. He likes Pittsburgh. Remember, it was plus two. He, listen, he's a line shopper, buddy. He is a line shopper. But you want him on your side. And he broke it down by yards per play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Tomlin is an underdog. Closing thoughts? We ever had one of these where five people on the same side? No, I don't think we have. That's kind of scary sometimes. That is a little bit. Quintuple-like? I, I, but I like, <laughs> I like the fact that it's – here's the thing, and this is a good lesson – if there's a trend that goes against the public, the trend rarely, if ever, will die. Meaning, if it's what will happen oftentimes is like in the zigzag theory, a trend becomes public, like under in the Na- in the Air Force, Army, Army, Navy, Navy, Army yeah. Navy, sixteen in a row. It's sixteen in a row. But the line five years ago was what versus now? Forty-eight. <laughs> now it's it was thirty-six. Closer. Thirty-six, and it still stayed under. Yes. So, but that's one where at a certain point that line's going to get too low. Nineteen. Well, yeah. I mean, well, just a couple is, just a year ago, it's forty-one. And yeah. Now it's thirty, and now it got down to thirty-four and a half. And it shows you how much more sports betting media there is. Yes. Because there was a lot of people that talking about that before, but it, there wasn't the amplification of that message like there is now. Exactly. It used to be just you. Well, no, but there was there was not as many for <laughs> sure. Now, um, but if the trend goes against the public. The public's always going to be bigger with their bias than any trend's going to get. So in general, we're saying, hey, Tennessee looked pretty good. Most people are going to be fooled by that, and we're going to fade it. I don't mind that as much as something like, hey, it's a zigzag where there's no reason the public's going to be one way or the other. Yeah. I think there's a couple examples of that, like in the NCAA tournament, too, where it, 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 I, I think trends have a longer shelf life if they're fading the public. The dogs in the first round. Yeah. You see yeah. that again and again, and the public just, oh, I can't believe Villanova's only laying six. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. AJ, what, what do we got next? We've got Fez's four weight. Detroit Lions. Plus 13. I love this pick. I almost Plus made this. 13. I this is what I said this. at the beginning when I was saying what RJ said. The best picks are the ones you have to say, oh, nobody wants to make this pick. And I said Fez is doing it this week. Texans and Lions. This one makes so much (laughs) sense. So we talked about the Lions. I talked about how I want no part of the Lions against um, Denver because the Lions had played three straight really close games. They got a tie and two losses. And finally, finally, they got their first win of the year against the Vikings, and predictably, they had a bad game. They had a stinker in the altitude in Denver. And they had a COVID uh, Exactly, and, that line, and that line went all the way up to 13. You know, and this was a little bit of a phony final score. Yes, they should have gotten blown out. But what happened was that they, uh, they were down by seven in the third quarter, and then they turned the ball over, and Det- uh, Denver got a 30-yard drive, and then Detroit— <laughs> 
They went for it fourth and three from their own 30 and failed, and the game got out of hand. So they were playing to win, actually, in that game. The stats weren't that bad, only slightly outplayed. So now it's a good spot. Now they're off the blowout loss. This is the bad team that's playing really hard for the coach, showing lots of effort. And who are they playing? Arizona. It is the mother of all sandwich spots for Arizona. Arizona just played division rival, Monday night football, tough physical game against the Rams. After this game, they have to play Indy, Dallas, and Seattle. Arizona's going to be looking past the Detroit Lions. We are not going to get their A punch. Hopkins has just been shut, shut down for the for the year. Their number one wide receiver. I can see Murray. Just shut down for the regular season. For the regular season. Thank you. I can see Arizona absolutely telling Murray, hey, look, we got to keep you healthy. Maybe instead of running nine times this game, you know, business decision, only run three or four. Detroit stays within the number. So not that it really affects his handicap overly, but how did you grade the Monday night game? I felt like that Arizona, it was almost a coin flip. A lot of people looked at it as the Rams dominating. What was your feeling on the game? I think the Rams were slightly better. I would have liked to have seen what would have happened. You saw when, when Arizona's up 3 nothing and driving and, mm-hmm. and, and there was a tip pass that was intercepted and taken back. If that doesn't happen, I'm not confident the Rams win. That's what I'm saying. It's, it could have gone a, either way. Yeah. Coin, coin flip game. The Rams were the right side because they were catching, you know, the, the the three points. Something we talked about on Straight Out of Vegas, uh, 6 Eastern every weekday, Fox Sports Radio, 225 stations. You can go to foxsportsradio.com and see your station if you don't know for sure. Or listen to podcasts. Just search Straight Out of Vegas. By the way, this is obviously a podcast. If you're not subscribed, you should be because – these boys got a lot of content coming out. RJ Certified, we'll call it. Well, not Mackenzie's NBA pod yet. We'll wait to see <laughs> that, if it's certified. A, yeah, that's in, that's in the... Uh, it's the, in review. Yeah. It's in review. It's in turnaround, as they say in Hollywood. But <laughs> Mackenzie's 40, right? <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah. He, he, no, he moves yep, like... 31. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you this, Fez, is how do we account for fourth downs? Because... There were two turnovers that Arizona had to zero to the Rams, uh-huh. and they had two turnovers on downs. Rams had zero. Do we count a turnover on downs as a turnover? That's a great question. I think you count it as – you probably count it as half, right? Because here's a case where you've been stopped, and now you're going for it on fourth down. So you're only going to make that – I don't know what fourth down conversions league-wide are, but I, th- I imagine it's around 50%, right? Well, I mean, but it matters by the yard, right? And I think I'm saying an aggregate. It's going down this year just because they're going for more longer ones. Oh, now that's a right? really good point. That in the past teams would only go for it fourth and one, and now they're going for it fourth and four. So maybe it was above fifty percent. Now it might be below fifty percent. Yeah. So I think the way to handle these is say, based on the the league average, but then you got to even adjust for how good the offense is. But let's say you get a hey, this is the projected make it rate and then add up those make it rates. So let's say, I think Arizona went for what? Four times, four times what successful two out of four. Okay. So now the theory is, well, how long were the, how long were the yards to go? What was the chance of making it? Add that up versus what happened and then take the Delta, I think. And I think at some point you have to factor in where they were on the field. Why? Because if you if you, well, you turn, can turn the ball over on your own twenty or the other twenty, but isn't aren't they very different turnovers? 
I mean, the ones that are the least valuable are in the middle of the field, right? Right. I mean, because if you're in e- near either end zone, it's if you're it's, if you're let's say the middle twenty yards of the field yeah. doesn't matter as much, but yeah. So, but that's going to all. I mean, I'm not sure it's that much different. It, it is different. Yeah, because if you turn it first and goal, if you turn it over, it's, it's like six points. Yeah, so if you've got the ball on my 50, it's probably worth about two points. Okay. Okay? If you've got the ball on my one, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's worth it's worth 6.3, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so it's triple. So whether I have it, so if I fail on fourth and one from the one, from my own, let's say I, had, I went fourth down from my own one-yard line, mm-hmm. extreme, um, if I punt, you get it at midfield, right? So you get two points. If I fit, if if I go if I I'm sorry if I go for it and get it, I'm still about minus one and a half, minus one in terms of field position. If you get it, you get six. So it's like a seven point swing. All right, that makes sense. And then at midfield, if I fail, it's a four point swing. So it is exactly right. You're right on the now, goal line. It's it's more important. Now I would be thinking though, thinking about this a second, is maybe the way to do this is the same way the EPA does field goal attempts. So let's say there's a field goal attempt and they, they know historically what percentage of the time this attempt should be made, right? So let's say it's a 50, it's a long field goal, it's a 50-50. So if you make it, you're plus one and a half points, right? You miss it, you're minus one and a half points because you're getting three and you have a 50% chance that you either get three or zero. Yes. Now, if we look at the, the, the play itself on fourth down has an EPA, right? And expected points added if you make it or miss it. Mm -hmm. So in general, we can look at that EPA and say, okay, what was the likelihood of making it? What was the consequence if you didn't? What what would have happened if you did? And value it based upon the expectation, not the actual result. Exactly. And, And thus we could then say, well, on fourth downs, this team lost four and a half points or they gain four and a half points, which we can do the same thing to the turnovers too because each turnover has an EPA. And in this case, since they were two for four, it probably isn't going to be a very significant number in this game. Except, you know, it's funny. I heard so, but that's back to what the EPA is because if you go for it and you miss it down, if you go for it and miss it on the 50, it's not going to be much of a difference, right? Because, but if you miss it on the five, if it's fourth and four yeah. on the four yard line, yeah. I mean, in theory, that's a, a four point play, right? I mean, because you're going to make it about, let's say, ha- I don't know, about half the time or a little less, I guess. I, I agree. It's more important on your goal line or the other guy's goal line. Which yeah. you're never going to go for unless it's the yeah. end of the game, which brings up another whole point about I, I wonder if finally this has gotten wacky enough for you fast. Cause in a way you've been pushing the wackiness of all the fourth downs and all that. I was listening to, I think it was the football outsiders podcast, which I've never listened to. And I like Aaron shots personally. He's always been nice to me. It's hard to listen to the pod though. I mean, they just literally are reading EPAs the entire like 40 minutes. <laughs> it's like the top five and it's like 2.44 when they were on the 50 yard line and it was eight minutes left. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> my head's spinning. But I got through it, and they had a top five worst decisions by coaches. Oh, I like this. <laughs> Fez has his own I, top five. I find it intriguing. But, but what ended up being crazy was, like, the third most egregious decision was there was a team up by seven on their own, like, 28-yard line, fourth and three with, like, three minutes left, and they punted. And they supposedly that was a bad decision. They said, "Yeah, this, supposedly the theory is, hey, if you punt the ball, 
They get a hell of a chance to score anyway because they're going on four downs. Mm. And then and then then if you they do score, you don't have any, have any time, time left. It's to going to overtime. Game. So but if they you let them score really quick in theory, now you got time to go. So if you go from it on your own thirty, then there's still five minutes left. And then if the the other team scores and you can win because the game's tied, it makes sense. It does, does it? It does make sense. Does it? It does, yes. I think it's I think it's t- making the world topsy turvy. It depends if the total's four. I think we should round 55. up the math guys, and I'm not one. And <laughs> wherever that line is, put me below it. Okay. It's pretty crazy. So McKenzie's got something here. Arizona Cardinals, fourth downs versus the Los Angeles Rams, two of four. Unsuccessful, they lost 7.2 EPA. Successful, they got 5.6. And thus, it would be 1.6. Is that right? Yeah. 1.6 Unlucky. lost. Unlucky. Okay. So they lost by 5.4, not 7. And then McKenzie says he likes the attention. I was rooting for the 49ers to go for it, up by seven, on fourth and two on their own 37. How much time was left? I think it's the game you're talking about, 256. Well, then you're mm. fucking insane. <laughs> end it on offense. Just end the game. Two yards, you got it done. I'm not saying I thought it was a good decision. See, you Let got me caveat that. in a good spot. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we get one per episode. <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Find what the net turnover um, or the turnover EPA was for the two turnovers. It was negative 13.2 for the Cardinals. Oh, okay. So let me see. 13.2 and 1.6 is 14.8. How much did they lose by, AJ? Seven. Seems they like won they, by seven. They won by seven if all turnovers even out. Hmm. Everyone so that th- makes you like my pick less? No, it, it, no, it just was everyone. AJ thought I was crazy. Oh, never, I don't think you're crazy. I just think you don't you take everything into account. It. The narrative was, oh, the Rams just manhandled. Them. Oh yeah, it was like this yeah. is one of the great wins of the season. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like. And the funny thing was, if you look at the play-by-play chart, is it was really impressive. Oh, I guess this is the Seattle game. It was really impressive how the Rams every time they got like a ten-point lead. That the, uh, Arizona had a nice drive at. I mean, it felt like that he answered a lot of tough spots. Arizona did. What you say by watching? I, I agree with that. Thirteen, thirteen at halftime. Yep. Yeah. Yep. After getting down. But no, listen. I think this isn't a. This isn't saying Arizona's not good. Your pick. It's just saying it's a flat spot, and the lines looked deceivingly bad last exactly week. Exactly right. And and of all these crap teams, we don't want no part of the Houston. Well, I bet them because I want no part of Jacksonville. I know I want no part of them Jets. And here's the sneaky underdog team. Remember, and all the favorites just covered. That's why we're catching thirteen in this game. I think the look at was twelve and a half, despite Hopkins being out. And Arizona losing. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that that speaks to that the public perception was more negative to Detroit, even though objectively doesn't seem like it should yeah, be. Yeah, no one wants to bet on a double-digit dog this week after what happened last week. Or maybe week. everyone's savvy enough to know Arizona played a hell of a game. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> Closing thoughts on this game? The thing I don't like about it is... Is that you're betting an underdog? Oh, I'm not betting on the Cardinals. Exactly. I'm not betting on the Lions exactly. or the Cardinals. But exactly. the Lions have... They're hanging around in games with teams that can't run up the score on them. The Packers stomp them. The the Bengals stomp them. The elite offenses whoa, 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 run whoa. away from them. The one exception was the Rams. Oh, they came back against San Fran also earlier in the year. They've shown resiliency when they get down 20. Well, the 49ers offense wasn't elite week one, let's face it. Was it was against I these mean, guys. But the, the one spot was the Rams, where, and they were able to hang within, what, nine points of them. 
and that was the game that RJ mentioned was their Super Bowl, and they literally threw the kitchen sink at him to try and keep that you thing close. You guys didn't think it was a Super Bowl because you bet him the next week <laughs> against Philly, who's now somehow laying seven to Washington. And they, well, they got smashed by Philly too when the when the, that's when the Eagles were really hot. Uh, well, I think the Eagles are just as hot. I, I think it, with a win under their belt, I think it's fair to question yeah, if the saw, Lions' motivation saw, but, but is going to. Last week was the flat spot, and Steve, you're saying you think they played hard. Last week, I I think I don't I'm not we projected say, that they weren't good. They played harder than you would expect. I didn't expect them to play that hard last week. So actually. they played harder than you expect. Yes, meaning that we thought they'd be flat, 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 and they weren't flat, yeah, flat. Yeah, it was flat. just a misleading blowout loss. Yeah. Yes. So I I mean, if anything, I reaffirmed. I think this is, I think this is a um, self perpetuating culture that Detroit's got. They started off with a lot of jokes about kneecap biting, right? So it, there was a sense that he wasn't a good coach. And a lot of the analytics people thought, oh, he's a meathead. There was a sense right. that he was a meathead, even though Sean Payton's right-hand man is not going to be a meathead. Then they play hard, and people are like, man, that Campbell's got them playing hard, but they still suck. Then they almost beat Baltimore. They tie Pittsburgh. They get to win against Minnesota. It feels like now they're getting a lot of love. Detroit is, like, different than Jacksonville, different even than exactly. Houston. I think they like that. I think the team likes that. They're I think get- the chemistry, this is like the best chemistry one-win team in the history of the NFL late in the year. And and what are they against the spread now? They were 8-4 and four until they lost. So 8-5. So yeah. When you got one win and you're 8-5 and five against you're the spread, you're doing right. something right. Yes. But is there any thought that if the Texans and the Jags hadn't gotten, or the Jets hadn't gotten a win early in the season, that they wouldn't be the same way? And now that they've gotten that win out of the I way. Think that Houston, they... I think Houston, that's a case. It felt like Houston has been intermittent with their effort. And and there's a lot of funny things happening in the locker room. It seems like cutting guys that maybe yeah. Yeah. it doesn't feel like the lions have done any move that would hurt their chance to win this year. Can you think of one thing they've done either by decision of who to start a quarterback or anything like that? No, no. I, I and, and I think last week, the fact that they did it just completely, Give the fact they played hard. It seems tells me they're gonna. There's only a it, couple games left. It was a dream crusher in the sense that they were eliminated from the playoffs. They, oh, that that was interesting. That, that was interesting. Is there a factor that the Cardinals, because they're not the sole possession of the one seed anymore, they're now in sort of a scrap to get to it? That they no, no. I I think they're gonna be up enough to win the game. But when we're talking about a 13 point spread, okay. what's what to me the question is, what is their desire for margin? And Steve brought up the point. They got a big game next week. Yeah. All right. I like this. I, in fact, see, this is my. By the way, you, you, your picks helped us in the super contest because I wasn't sure I'd play either of those, and you had two nice ones, and we had some tough losses. But the, well, you've been you've been doing great. You know. Yeah, the, I felt good. I mean, the funny thing is, the the only favorite that didn't cover was Cleveland, right? Which mm-hmm. was a tough loss, obviously. And then we had the Bears, and the Bears were what. 85% to cover at halftime. I mean, they were at that point, Green Bay was barely forecast to win. So, and, and then the Jets, well, the Jets uh, are the Jets. Yeah. I mean, it certainly was, a, it felt like one of those plays that no one's going to make. So it's time to make it. It was time not to make it. All right. Next one. Uh, my four weight is the Cincinnati Bengals plus two and a half. And I think kind of like the Steelers, we're buying a little bit low because there's people who are like, oh, that game's over. They, they had such a bad first half that people wrote them off and said they're done. They really turned it on in the second half. And they were a muff punt 
and a, a taunting penalty on fourth down that gave a first down. Those were like game-changing penalties in the first half. They really could have changed the whole game. I figured that was coming. I, I knew when I made this pick that was coming, but that's all right. No, no, listen. I just want you to have your proper theme music. Okay. You might think I'm crazy, but I don't even care. Let me ask you a question. One second. It's hip to be square. If you ask 100 people on the street that are casual NFL fans, who do they like in this game? You can have Cincy plus two and a half or Denver laying the lumber. Who do you think they're going to take? Like, what's, is it 85-15? I don't think it's 85. They've got the same record. But no, no, what I'm saying, Denver has uh, Bridgewater. Denver feels like they're mucking around. No one can even believe they have the same record. Well, I mean, they are. They are what? They are mucking around. Well, but apparently, see. I mean, they, running they, it up they, on the Lions, we're going to be like, oh. They. <laughs> no, it's the fact that this is a team that, that you could make the case. In fact, Colin was making that case today that this is the team without, of all the teams in the league, without a good quarterback, they're the most ready to win. Like, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you could have a Tom Brady to the Bucks situation, the theory being everything's ready made for the quarterback to slide on in there. Who who's ahead of Denver in that regard? 49ers. The Dolphins. Except is Jimmy G really? Is Jimmy G uh, let's agree that he's right there with Bridgewater, right? I mean he's he's all I mean No, I think Jimmy G's much better than Bridgewater. I, I think I, I agree. One second. The Dolphins? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I would I mean to me the Dolphins have the worst offensive line in football. Like, literally they have a historically bad offensive line, huh? Colts. Except Carson Wentz have been better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yep. I mean, I guess we can decide where the line is, but Teddy Bridgewater was traded away for a seventh round You're pick. You're right. I got Wentz number 10 now. Yeah, You're right. I mean, so I mean, the point I'm saying, they're one of those teams. Sure. And some of it has to do with some of the receivers that are out now that, in theory, are going to be back. <laughs> oh, I forgot one. The Browns. New England. <laughs> you got to really well, – New England? Yeah. You don't think Mac Jones is good? He's not top 12. But no one, listen, I can promise you, no one's replaced. Everyone's wishing they had Mac Jones yeah, right now. Because, I mean, as they're on a rookie contract. Not McKenzie. He's still. Oh, well, he's got <laughs> Trey Lance instead. But but I guess my point is, in general, since he's got Burrow, there's a sense of since he winning the division, the excitement level around since he is high. Let, let me. Go ahead. I gave out a pick to my clients on a look ahead line All last right. week. Uh-huh. All right. So I gave out the Cincinnati. I'm sorry, I gave out the Denver Broncos. Smart. Plus three. Okay, plus three. Plus three. This was the line last week. All right? What? Denver was sitting there plus three. So what's happened since? Denver got to go ahead and beat a dilapidated team up in a terrible What spot. the hell happened to that line, though? Why was that line? <laughs> you tell me. I, I, I released it. I, I couldn't understand it. I gave it out to pregame clients. I said, look. Love, but, it, but it even, closed, it, it even closed at 2.7. It's not yeah. like it got gobbled up. Yeah. I I... I the, the look ahead close. That's right. So the look ahead close, you still could have gotten plus three, lay a dollar twenty or twenty five, and I just couldn't understand. It's very rare I do this, but that was one that I was just like, wow. There were there are actually two lines on look ahead. I, I think that's more that they just had a bad number up. You know what's interesting I mean, is you would think when I released it that would move it, and it didn't move though. I mean, it, 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 I mean, I've got a lot of people betting my picks, and it, it, I mean, it moved to two and a half. Yeah, and I guess maybe because it was off of a key number that people get the brakes on it then. But what, what I'm saying is this line, in a weird way, the line being what it is, I don't do this too often, but the line being what it is, it feels like a trap game on Cincy. Because this is, I mean, I'm looking up right now a pregame to see what the mm. bet splits I are. I agree with that. And I think one thing also about Cincy that's real important, 
Who? What's happened the last two games with Cincy? Because this is a team that's playing very well, beats the Steelers twice. So what happens against the Chargers? Remember, the Bengals are laying minus three, lay a dollar twenty. Money game day, big money pours in on the Chargers. Line goes down to two point eight. Anti Bengal money, pinky perhaps, pinky. Next week, what happens? San Francisco. Money pours in all week on San Francisco, flips favorites, goes from Bengals minus one half to San Fran one half. I, my one big concern on this game is maybe I like the Bengals, but I didn't put it on my list because I don't know if Burrow is right with that pinky. And he did miss a couple but touchdown passes. Burrow looked good, though. He missed a couple but, touchdown passes that he could have had. One of them was Jamar Chase flat dropping a ball. You've like, got to put it in the right in the spread. But, but hold, on oh, come on. hold on a second. Hold on a second. It seems to me that questions about Burrow's pinky, which weren't resolved yet when the look-ahead line was up, made this line of Cincy being favored by three even more absurd. Yes. Huh. By the way, AJ, I, maybe I was wrong. Only 86% of people are on the Bengals right now. <laughs> so I said 85. Okay, you were a little off. All right. I mean, this is a – this the – the books are saying bring on the Bengals right now. I, and money's money's coming on, on Broncos. And they're not even uh, – I mean, it's up to two and a half. It was one and a half. That's the point I'm making. But 86% of the bets have been on Cincy. Yeah, and the line's moving the other way. Somebody, uh-huh. Sharp some, versus square. Somebody likes AJ versus Denver, me. and they like Denver a lot. Yeah, this this is a – I see why you're playing. This is one of those games you should have asked yourself, in my opinion, why is this line what it is? There's no reason, and that scares me. If a line is this far off, it scares me. I won't lie. This is the one I was saying. If if I would have gotten three with the contest, which is what I was hoping for, mm-hmm. it would have been my you best bet. You should have been bet. more scared of a three. Uh, three. Three would be okay. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's so absurd. But right. the point I'm saying is, like, why is this line two and a half? And there's been anti-Bengal money. The last two weeks. So, so. Th- this is, th- I mean, there's real, there's something holding this line up. And, yes. it, and And my thought is it probably drops a little come Sunday when all the public comes roaring You know, in. I'm not so sure. It's heading to three. It's like, my, it's hard well, lucky to find AJ, it two and a half. It is 2.7 right now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. AJ's lucky enough, though. He's got he's got it at two and a half. <laughs> you, now, are you, do you, do you question this? Because one of the things I really respect about you is you've learned a lot as and, and again as we've said many times you know college football as well as anyone you know as well as anyone I know for sure NFL is a little different and, and the day-to-day betting is a little different you've soaked it up like a sponge I'm almost thinking I'm not teaching him stuff because he's learning so fast <laughs> but do you see where like why is this line what it is I do I do see that but I guess the reason why I like this pick is because I would have liked this pick when it was Bengals plus one and a half. So the one thing that scares me off of it is the market, but that's not in what my handicap of the actual game is. No, I agree. And and to some degree, I believe if you trust your handicap 100%, you don't care why it aligns. It's just I'm not sure anyone should rise to that level. If if there's millions and billions, I mean hundreds of millions of dollars on these games, if there's hundreds of millions saying this is the market and it doesn't make any sense to me, you know, like I'm going to have a pick here that, that looks like a trap game. Ooh. I don't think, but I'm going on the trappy side. I'm going to go on the, if this hits three, I'm going on the trappy side. Like I said, part of it in the back of my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, I just bet big on Denver plus three. Was that really a 70% bet? You know, I mean, come that on. Would, that one seemed like a really, I mean, but there's no rationale for that number. No, and I got one for, but what I'm saying is, go ahead. I've got one for next week too. Little tease ahead. I'll give it in some time in the spot. Right, well, there you go. A little bonus. But I guess my point being is that 
if there's no reason, first of all, when it's an illiquid market like the look-aheads, which are much, much less liquid, yes, there can be crazy lines. I agree with that. This one, it, it feels wrong. But go ahead. Finish your hand. No, I was going to say the this is what we were talking about earlier, basically a playoff game. Uh, the, the winner of this game it has a, a pretty solid chance of making the playoffs. Oh, this is one of the highest leverage games. Yeah, the Broncos move to 30% with a win. They're all but eliminated at 5%. They get their mask torn off. With a loss. And the Bengals go to 50-50 with a win and fall to 16% with a loss. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in Denver, high altitude... Burrow's pinky. I think the pinky thing is crazy because Burrow, he completed 74% of his passes last week. He, Not the ones that matter. You know, did we have a trend on <laughs> overtime losses? If you lose in overtime, that you'd, you're bad the next week? Am I remembering this right? Because obviously the Bengals qualify in that. Huh, I'm not sure. I don't remember anything that clean, but but maybe on the road at altitude, perhaps. <laughs> Mackenzie, it looks like you've got a question. Yeah, you guys were talking about the Bengals movement and the line last week. Well, I noticed when doing the line progression that the Bengals were plus two all Sunday. Last 10 minutes before tip-off at 425 Eastern, it went to plus one everywhere. Not just one book, but everywhere. Made that same last five-minute move. I'm wondering, as longtime stewards of this stuff, is that money that you respect? Are you like, let's look at live Bengals? Or is that money where you're like, doesn't matter, it's it's public stuff? Well, Steve, you, you're, you're better to answer this. My thought is that the best batters in the world even hide it from the screen late. But there are groups that don't have that or they want to get down so much they don't care. And that's, to me, the late moves are the ones you trust the most because there's no chance of a buyback. I think it's on an individual by individual basis for a game. So in this one in particular, what could be happening is the bookmakers, the line was two and dropped to one. Mm -hmm. So they could be looking at work. They could be saying, we're in good shape here. We're pretty balanced. And then they might look at the teaser liability and say, oh, my God, they're all teasing two to eight. We got it. Why would they figure that in the last five minutes? Because they take it's it's the time to do it. They would take. Oh, you're saying they wouldn't have time to get back. They might. But, yeah, what but, I'm saying but, but, is why not might, do that an hour before? They again. probably should, but they probably are so busy, you know, pricing everything else, and they're like t- doing a final look at all their. Because we but used to. The, do this. But with the last five minutes, I could see five yeah. minutes after. Well, one right. O'clock. What happens is like with ten minutes to go, they might look at it and run their models and say, "Oh my God, if this teaser covers, we're going to get screwed. We don't want any more teasers on plus two to plus eight. Let's stop the bleeding there. They're just pounding in multiple teasers over and over." against us let's go to one and stop the teaser bleed you just said something interesting do, do you feel like that a book will make a move on air so not because of money late just because they want to take a bet or two like a limit or two bet or maybe more like i in general i've always thought about i know if there's a move somewhere because of money other people will follow because of air do you think a book will make a originating or a, a an initial move on air to try to get a like late late right before kickoff not tip off but kickoff and because there's only so many bets you're going to take but you don't mind evening up your book a little bit yes yes because now it's easy but, but it wouldn't happen all, but you know what makes me think you're not right about this one it happened all across the, he's saying it happened to yep. every book at the same time yeah you're right so that's right? some but that's someone pounding plus two that's not just a if it was one book that was moving, yeah. that could be, yeah. That's you're interesting. Right. You're that right. was an interesting point, That's though. That's a great point. Um, so what was the move exactly again, Mackenzie? 49ers were two and a half early Sunday morning. So you're saying Cincy Money then? Yeah, plus two all day in last five minutes from 120 to 125 Pacific. So we they saw that move. So they bet San Fran all week, and then they bet the Bengals in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. All right. 
So would you would you like to come off this game if I let you buy off it? No. All right. I feel all right. Your four weight, RJ. My four weight is the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings laying four points against the Bears. I think that Minnesota's had maybe the most stressful season. It feels like from the beginning of the year onward, they've been like stressful game after stressful game after stressful game. And this having the extra rest on Monday night football and the bears, I think really being deceiving in, in how they look. I mean, we were talking about the bears at halftime had X chance, you know, better than 50% chance to cover. And just to clarify extra rest Thursday to Monday. So 11 days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point too. You know, actually that's interesting because I've seen trends on that. I'm going to have to recheck the database that's especially good, but I mean, they, they beat Pittsburgh and you could say, oh, the comeback or whatever was stressful. Yeah, but it's like they had the game in hand. They won the game. I mean, it, do they control their own debt? I mean, it never they... really felt that stressful when you think about it. They were coasting and then they kind of fell asleep. Wasn't it, it, Was there an onside kick, too? I can't recall. Well, the funny thing was, and we came in the next day, and, and when Pittsburgh was down, I think it was 29 nothing. the odds based upon the model was uh, like two and a half or one and a half percent that they would win the game. Yes. So it was like 98.5 that Minnesota would win. When Pittsburgh had the ball, what was it, fourth and 11 or last play of the game from the 11, the odds were like 5% of them winning. Sure, 20% times 50% yeah, that, times 50%. Yeah. That was very good and quick. And 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 that's what, we, you know, and it's like almost impossible to think all that effort, they gained two and a half, like two and a half, or I guess three and a half percent from one and a half to five or to five. That doesn't seem right at all, does it? You know, it's counterintuitive. It's it's almost like a college basketball team can be, like, up 30 at half, mm-hmm. and they can be up six with, like, 10 seconds to play, and they're much better. They have a much better chance to win up six with 10 seconds yeah, to play. Yeah, So, in a way, it felt like Pittsburgh did all they could, and even then they only had a 5% chance yeah. at the end, which, by the way, kids, don't get down 21, not, 29 nothing if you can avoid it. <laughs> but I think if you add in the extra rest, you add in the fact that the Bears had a deceivingly good score. I mean, they had punt returns uh, in that game against Green Bay. It just it, As much as I want to take credit for that pick – it felt like they were unlucky not to cover because they were so lucky in other aspects Busted of the game. Busted coverage, 80-yard touchdown pass, yeah. inflated fields numbers. That was a strange game, though. I mean, it, it, let's just say this. I wouldn't bet the Bears if they played Green Bay again in that same spot. Mm-hmm. Like, there I was nothing about that. that. I think it's fair to say you should have covered, but you don't didn't like the bet because you got lucky and you still you got lucky. Cover. And, 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 and you really feel like the second half was more kind of a picture of what would happen if they played again, don't you? And now they, the Bears have no chance for the playoffs. So they're, they're crushed completely. And here's a Viking team that it seems like they've been trying to get the 500 all damn season long. And here's their opportunity. Yeah. This, this I mean, you can't look, let's just say this It's Monday night, but, but when you just played Sunday night, it, do the Bears even welcome this scrutiny at this point? It just psychologically, it feels like uh, this is a touchy-feely handicap to me. But psychologically, it feels like that the Bears are ready to just – it's almost like you're dating someone and it's new and you haven't farted in front of them. 
and there's been a couple times that you really had to fart, but somehow you either went in the other room, you held it, and finally it's, there comes a time that there ain't no holding it back, and you know what? That's going to be about the loudest fart you ever let off. <laughs> Because it was like weeks or whatever of of holding in, and so if I, it's not only letting it happen, but it's like a psychological like letting it go. Being, mm. You know, I won't imitate it, but I think you're following. I think the bears are ready to really let one rip. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the best analysis I've ever heard. You, you know, this Alvin Cook too. This is a big deal. The the, the feeling was, oh, he's going to get shut down, and maybe he'll come back week sixteen. And they're like, oh. And you, RJ, you actually pioneered this idea. It's like, wow, the Vikings. This shows how important this game is that they're rushing Dalvin Cook back. I don't know if you if if you if you caught the first half. Dalvin Cook looks like um, he, he looks like Walter Payton. That, he looks good. The day that you were out for straight out of Vegas, mm-hmm. one of my big points was he's got it. This has got you. This can you can tell this is a big game to them because Dalvin Cook wouldn't be playing otherwise unless he was an alien. Mm-hmm. And I said Dalvin Cook's just a human like everyone else. And then about halftime, I was like, oh my god, Dalvin Cook might be an alien. Someone yeah, needs might, to. Might get some of that Adrian Peterson. Yeah, someone needs to check it out. And now he's got eleven days, so now we got to feel he's going to have another big game. Yeah, I, I really believe there's something about if you have a big Sunday night game that if you're not a team that's very successful, it's a big exciting thing for you, right? Like if mm-hmm. game day is there on a Saturday, that kind of thing, or if it's a Thursday night college game, you know, for a long time those home crowds got frenzied. But when it's the second one in a row, and you're playing, and you get so much, and you scrutiny, just fell on your face in the first one. And, and you're and Jason or, or Justin Fields, you're, you're you're trying to see about his progress, but without the bright light, fire Nagy. Yeah, it feels like it's it's a it's a touchy feeling. And listen, different like that Neflo model has it as you know what their line is in that game, and you know part of me looking deeper at this. What is game. this Neflo you speak? So of? so it's a fellow who uh, has a weighted EPA. So what he does is he looks mm. at the EPA. And then he says, okay, we're going to downweight lucky plays effectively, mm-hmm. right? So kick returns, whatever, whatever. Things, you know, big penalties, big pass interference calls and such. Is In his model, this is the fourth most likely game. He says the line should be six and a half, mm. right? So that got me thinking about the game. So that got me to the point of saying, okay, I lean that way. And because his model actually is quite, you know, against other power ratings driven model. This isn't trying to handicap each individual game. It's doing power ratings. But to me, that's a good story. I mean, like your what's your power rating say on this game? Three. Okay, so uh, it, with these numbers, and by, just to let you know, the Dolphins was the number one, but the Dolphins was eight and a half at the time he had it. Number two was... Oh, the, you know, correction. Yeah. Neutral, I make it a five, and then I gave two, the Bears two for home field, which go, bumps into the three, so I really make it three and a half. Okay, yeah, so we're about in range there. He's got a little higher. He had the Dolphins at 11 and a half, but the line was only eight and a half when it came out. Um, he had the Giants. Which, I had the Dolphins at 10. Okay, okay, so you had it a little higher, too. Um, well, then now it's up to 10 in the market, mm-hmm. right? Or at least... Um, Yes, Westgate has it at 10. 10. Yeah. And um, the Giants, he has as his second best pick, which I don't like that at all. I have I have nine and a half with my power ratings. And remember, so I consider, I consider the Giants. It just looks so bad the last two weeks. And but, these models don't do a great job of quarterback adjustment. Uh-huh. They just can't. I don't. I think it's more human. And then he's got the third favorite is the Patriots. And then the, with, again, I, you know, that might be a hint of what I like because I actually like that. And I'll be my next pick. I have that game at pick. 
Yeah, see, this this is an interesting one, which I want to get to. So anyway, that's my thoughts on it's pretty much a power ratings play, plus I do have that touchy-feely that I think the Bears have had enough. Got an I quit versus a team that needs the game like that. I think so, and with days. the extra rest. Makes and I sense. do think the Vikings in particular – have had game after. If you actually look through their games, they seem to have had very few. And when they did finally have a play game against Detroit to be a little flat, they were because they like they were craving that flat spot. Monday night isn't, and with eleven days rest, you're not going to be. In a way, they're almost like a Detroit, right? We've been trying to see does Detroit have enough in the tank to play mm -hmm. as hard as they want to play. I don't think the Vikings have had it in the tank as much as we might think this season because they've had so many tough games. Mackenzie, put up their uh, schedule real quick. By the way, Minnesota's had the, a six-point leader more still in every game this year. <laughs> so it went from seven to six. <laughs> yes. Vikings, 8% to make the playoffs with a loss, 43% with a win. So this yeah. is a big swing game for them. I mean, when you think about Monday night football, 11 days rest. That much leverage. The motivation shouldn't be an issue. Good the coach. only thing that keeps scaring me is you keep saying Monday Night Football, and I keep seeing Kirk Cousins one and nine on Monday Night Football. Well, if anything, that's extra motivation, right? Because, <laughs> and I'm not sure how much I agree. I mean, I think he's better at one Eastern, and we mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, we did pioneer that one. Um, let's look at this rundown though of, of the games of Minnesota. So they played at Cincinnati. Remember that was a real tough game. Remember, and. Uh, they ended up losing that game, right? Yeah, that's the field goal. Yeah. yeah. And then they played at Arizona, which field obviously yeah, was the game. tough game. And th that was one where Minnesota had the field goal to win, right? Yeah, they were like 80% to win with the idiot kicker missed it. <laughs> then they play against Seattle, which at the time was a big game, obviously. Then they played Cleveland. That was a big game. First time against Detroit. So let's say that one was a you know, little chance to get their breath. Then at Carolina, okay, that's fine, nothing big. Though remember, Carolina at the time was like four and two, or what, or, mm -hmm. uh, or what were they, three and one, I think at the time. And then I think from here it really makes the point: Dallas, Baltimore, Chargers, Green Bay, San Francisco. That led up to the Detroit game. They needed a break, and you yes. think they were a hundred percent at San Fr I mean, and then it's been Pittsburgh. Now the rest into this game. It feels like the Detroit performance tells you how much they were they were flat because of the fatigue. I think fatigue is a big deal with this team, and I think off uh, a quasi buy is very is, is very telling or, or very. Um, I like it. It's I a like big influence. I like your analysis. Uh, anything else? Nope. All right, next. All right, Fez's one or three weight is already done. It is Pittsburgh plus one and a half, which is the same as you and I's five weight. So we'll go to my. Three weight, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks minus eleven. Damn, you won't you you won't you won't take points if your life depends on it. <laughs> I took points in my other two picks. You pushed the button on me for taking points. That's, uh, you found the only square underdog on the card. <laughs> the uh, the Saints end up with thirty points on the board against the Jets. But their offense was not good. They 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 had sixteen points on the board against the Jets with five minutes to go in the game. The offense that they did put up was Alvin Kamara, who, who ran for 120 yards. And but we talk about this all the time. Teams don't bother running against the Bucks because it's it's wasted effort, it's wasted energy. So if the Bucks take away the ground well, game, hold on a second. 
New Orleans has had a mighty fine result against the Bucks in general. So they, yeah, so in the regular season. So but Kamara, I mean, I Kamara guess, ran for three point two yards per carry in the first game. Okay. And there's no and Jameis there's no Jameis Winston to chuck it around this uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. It's Taysom Hill. Uh so if they can't run the ball, you're what counting do you on think this line should be. Fourteen. Probably thirteen. Go ahead. <laughs> you're, if you're asking Taysom Hill to beat you down the field, I just don't believe he can get it done. And now he's banged up too. And I, I think it's a revenge spot for Tampa. Brady's well, 0 3 against these Saints. Think, you better think it is. Eh, Saints controlled the clock against the Jets 39 minutes. That's not going to happen against this Tampa squad. And I think Tampa's motivated now because they're in a battle for the one seed well, now that Arizona that, you lost. Think New Orleans is motivated? No, I think New Orleans is, is basically done. You're high as a kite. What's their playoff chance? They're 19%. So is that high? So 19%? You oh, think you're right. They think no. they're done. Okay, they're not done. But they're motiv- they've got Taysom Hill. They're on a third-string quarterback. So you, so you think all the work – you think you think they're skipping practice? Like, Fed's no, thinking I, I, Thanksgiving? Like, they're taking Thanksgiving RJ, off? RJ, if I, if I hit the weights Afternoon. and I practiced every day and then I played one-on-one with LeBron James, I'm still getting my ass beat. But, but you notice how I'm he saying, brought up him hitting the weights right after he joined the gym? But, but here's – pick up on that? Here's that's Mackenzie and Brad that joined the, the gym. You're oh, the one right. making the case – that the Saints have given up. And I'm saying that the Saints have as much motivation, if not more. Tampa doesn't have any motivation to get margin here. I'm not saying they don't want margin. I'm saying they want to win the game. They want to win the game. And you know what? So does the Saints. And if you're the Saints and you've beat this guy three times in a row in the regular season, you think you're thinking that we don't got a chance? Taysom Hill's never beat the Bucs. Okay, so and neither had Jameis there's Winston lot, entering that there's game. There's a lot of teams Taysom Hill hasn't beat. <laughs> but you would have said the same thing about – you probably were – I don't remember. I'm guessing you were on Tampa the first matchup. No, I wasn't. Why? I don't know. It would have been the same handicap almost, except you would have thought Jameis Winston's a little bit – I guess what I'm saying is there's nothing you're saying that makes any sense to make this line – over 11. What do you think the line should be? I think the line's probably what it's supposed to be simply because I do believe that you're not going to have any flat. And to me, this is analogous to a playoff big favorite. What happens is oftentimes people say, oh, I'm getting a playoff team getting 11 and a half or whatever. It's like, yeah, but the favorite's focused. I think Tampa's focused for sure. I because agree of the you. three losses. Because of the three losses. And, yeah, and because of the fact that they are in competitive for the number one seed. I have a confession to make. Yeah. So earlier in the day we did another pod. Mm-hmm. And in that pod I told AJ and I spoke about this game. And I said, yeah, I'm liking Tampa. That's interesting. And then I did a little work. I, now, hold on. <laughs> tell him how it went. I said, I'll tell you the games that I'm looking at. Uh-huh. Yes. Is that true? That's true. And he I gave, gave him like, all my games. So like, how many games did you give him? Five. Okay. And and I endorsed Tampa. I said, I think Tampa's going to make my card. So make your case. Well, then I went and looked into this game some more. And so you draft them. One of my big It'd reasons be funny for if you press the, the button right now. The if you press injuries, the button right the now, the cluster injuries <laughs> on the O line. And what's this? It looks like the O line is getting healthy. This dude Ramzak's supposed to come back now. And 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 what the other guy's name? Pete. I, I don't. Yeah, yes. Andrews Pete. Yeah. So they so so basically two of the dudes, the big horses on the O line that have been you know AWOL are now back for this team. I think that's a big deal. Still missing both their defensive ends, and their number one backup defensive end. I mean, listen, this is one of the, what, 15 highest lines of the year? 
mean, how many lines are above 11 and a half? I think we had some last week above it. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> when I say one of the 15 or 20 oh, highs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of the biggest for sure. So, yeah, when's the last time there's been a team that's been getting 11 and a half? Is that the line? That's in playoff contention. It's 11. 11. That, that's in playoff contention that has beat the opponent three straight times. Never. In the history of the world. I mean, I think you found the squarest spot ever. There was probably some Steeler game against the Bengals in the 70s that qualified. But I don't think they never that, lost to the Bengals three straight times. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's the thing here is it's it's almost like I, I, the funny thing is if this line was seven and a half, you could all, what does your power rating say on this one? Well, the power rating makes it 11 on a neutral. And then what happens, you give the Tampa the home field, but then the line's, you know, into double digits. So it kind of comes low back. low on the Saints the whole year, though. I'm too low on the Saints because I still am carrying. I'm still carrying the O-line injuries, and I hadn't adjusted for them being healthier. All right, I'm not. Listen, I'm not anxious about New Orleans because it feels too easy. Like it feels like everyone knows. Hey, you're getting 11, and it's the same. Th- you know, and the line. The line is 10.7. So I mean. Well, I, I told Fez today on the other podcast we were talking you about. Don't mind laying the extra lumber though, right? No. Well, what we were talking about on the podcast was. When you're betting these public teams, it's real easy to go up and say, I want to lay 11 against the Jets. I want to lay 11 against the Texans. The Saints are one of the teams that you see you're getting double digits. That's almost Barney at the bar. Saints and double digits? But, but, but in a weird way, it would be if it wasn't Tom Brady Super with Bowl revenge champions. on the other side. But in a way, you are the bellwether for Barney at the bar. I guess so. I mean, it was <laughs> – I'm going to give a Barney bet that's going to win. All you right. can bet Brady to win MVP right now, minus 170. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't see a path that he doesn't win as long as he stays. He doesn't get injured. So I was listening to the uh, Unexpected Points pod today, and you know they're making the case that uh, Aaron Rodgers has an equal right to it. Now, personally... I, you know, like, like justifiably, he should be competitive, Aaron Rodgers. Statistically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, the narrative with the whole COVID stuff probably goes against him. Mm-hmm. Missing a game goes against him. The fact he won last year, I think, goes against Not him. Not being Tom Brady fit. goes against him. Yeah, but though, under that theory, Tom Brady hasn't won any he shouldn't have won yet. Yeah, but this is this is his last hurrah. I is mean, it he's, really? He's 80. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> this is going to be his last MVP. I mean, are, really? So Ty goes to I mean, the, let's be honest. How long has people been saying that? He's been saying it seven years. He goes to the runner twice here because he's a fossil and 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 because um, Rogers won last year. I mean, do you really want to say fossil at this point? <laughs> I mean, it, it it is funny though, and it actually is hilarious that we sat the day after the Super Bowl and we're on uh, Fox talking, talking, talking. And I go, so what are you expecting for Brady next year? I mean, where are you going to rank him a quarter? Because remember, entering last year, Fez had him nineteenth. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and at the end of the year, you had him, what, like four or something? Yeah. And then I said, well, what's he, what do you have him coming in the next year? He said 12. Oof. And I said, why 12? He goes, he's going to be 44. And it was but then I found out he had that, that sprained MCL we played with last year, and I upgraded him. Thank God. There's some people that say, and I don't watch every play of Tampa Bay for sure, that Brady scrambled in a way in this game that they haven't seen him move that way since he was like tw- you know twenty two. Yeah, he um, Arians actually came out and said there'll be no more of that. But what I'm saying you know, is he, he looked good. Like what makes you think that it, all of a sudden the wall he's going to hit the wall next year? I mean, there's no indication. I mean, if, uh, the cases could be made. He's playing better this year yeah, than last and, year. And and, and I, I'm I'm 
I'm mesmer. I don't know if the mesmerized is the wrong word. I'm flabbergasted that everyone else, when they hit 40, remember the, the Stabler went from 40 to 80 in one year? No, Stabler went from 34 to 80. And, um, and, and Pepperidge Favre went from, you know, MVP to out of the league in two years. And somehow Brady does the, the rules don't apply to him. I guess he didn't exactly have the lifestyle those gentlemen had. Well, yeah, but I mean, to me, it's kind of scary where they're assuming everyone else is, you know, like Colin today was saying, Aaron Rodgers got, you know, five more years left. It's like, I don't think people realize this isn't something that just got in the water. It's the, I mean, look at Big Ben. Big Ben's 39 or whatever, and he's hit the wall times 10. It's like, it's what Brady has done above and beyond. Yeah. yeah. But listen, all I know He's is my number three quarterback right now. Yeah, and you have to win him, the MVP. You'll have him nine next year. Well, he's going to be forty-five, AJ. That's true. <laughs> all right, so well, he'll have him nineteen plus whatever the. All right, so right now, New Orleans. Let's just look at the bet splits right now. Huh? There isn't any bet splits up on this game yet. So, sixty-one percent of the people pregame actually have the Saints. All right. Well, listen. Maybe your point is is that the sharp the sharp side is Tampa here, and the square side is. I do, I'm not smart enough yet to know what the sharp and the square side is. I think from well, a matchup. Let's just say this: Barney at the bar is is with you. You're not on the sharp side. Uh, okay. I mean, that's just a simple example. All right. You might have the squarest card I've ever seen. Only the Pittsburgh bet. We have the good. same best bet. That that was okay. <laughs> it's a pretty short card. You can't be that square. I mean, come on. Who's the squ- who's the second squares dog on the card? Meaning behind Cincinnati. You can't even find another square dog that's even in that universe. I'm, well, I'm one second. Well, let, let, let's let's do it like this quickly, and then we'll move on. Is let's tell the cat the ticket count on the underdogs. All right, so right now, the football team's the underdog. They have 49% of the bets, okay? The Panthers have 5% of the bets. Five. I'm surprised you didn't have the Bills. I thought about it, but I don't <laughs> know about Josh Allen. Like, the injury worries me. All right, the Jets have 25%. Now, think about this. The, the Giants have 11%. Uh, Packers-Ravens, there's no bet percents yet. Um, Steelers, Titans, I mean, it's pretty much a pick, but it's 57% Steelers. Okay. Jags, Texans, 58% Texans. So here, there, there is an, uh, Texans is, is a public a dog, mm-hmm. but, but it's 57% or uh, 58%. And what were the Saints? Uh, the, the Saints, there's no action. The point I'm going to make is the Bengals as a dog are 84%. Mm. Like like those two that's even 50-50. It's like huge syndicate versus Barney's. Yeah, I mean, and and it's like he he went to that pick like a minnow, like a a big guppy to a minnow. (laughs) But listen, you know, he's having fun. Squares got paid last week. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> who do you like in this game right now? Who do you like? You want to lay the lumber? I want to book either side. Exactly. All right. Anything else? That's it, dude. You want? I mean, we will, I, here's the thing: when we give you a compliment, you know that we mean it. Hey. Do you disagree? No, I don't. I mean, you do see that it's, it's the public's going to be on it, right? I see that, yeah. Okay, so it doesn't. I, I'm I, I'm not like you though. I'm not afraid to be on the same you side think as I'm the afraid? public. 
Uh, I think you don't like. I think just in general, you say what's I've been the public. The block you say what's the public, the public side. Doesn't win a lot. I don't want that side. And you you go you like you cut out half the card there, and then you decide what you like. I, I, that's just not the way I do. Well, it. I would say this: if I could bet into the virgin number, if, if a number was made without consideration of where the public's going to go, and I think a lot of numbers actually do consider that the opener. I would be with the public as much as anything. The reason I'm not with the public, and Fez, you can tell me if you agree with this, is intrinsically the public side is more expensive because the public is betting it in an inordinate way. And the NFL is the one sport where the public's opinion really affects the number. Because the money accumulates in a sports book. Even if they discount and say, oh, that's just Dumbo money, they're still going to move when they get enough of it unless there's enough counteracting money that's coming in from Sharps. Guess what? That probably Why are the Sharps betting that? Because they feel it's going to win more than 52.4%. And the beauty is if you get the Sharps going one way and the public going the other, you can actually bet a game at the same number as the Sharps because they won't necessarily move it with the Sharps, but they won't move it, move it with the public. They're saying maybe it's 80-20 cash even though the big Sharp money's in. We, but we feel good being lopsided because we're plus 110, the books are, on the same side as the Sharps. So the Sharps are laying a dollar ten. And they think they're going to make money, and the books are taking a dollar ten. That's a that's. Think about how much you're going to make if that if that game wins fifty three percent. So thus they're accepting of it being lopsided. Right. But to me, it's an opportunity to bet. Like in theory, Denver would be three if it weren't for the fact of all the AJ and his yeah. ilk on that side. His yep. ilk. ilk. <laughs> Uh, tell us about your time with uh, – this would be a good time to talk about how you were in a cooler seat than Grand Hill. Uh, listen, Grand Hill was at the fights on Saturday. The UFC. Yeah, and he came into the the octagon side area. This Mandalay Bay? Where is this? This was at uh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Yeah, this was so a, big, what, a big fight. What section were you in? I was – <laughs> I wasn't in a section. I was in. I was in the first row. I was in the front row. The front row. Yeah. And, and how did you get this press pass? Uh, through through Fox. Uh huh. Go ahead. Um, Somehow I wasn't there. You, listen, if you want to go, we can get you credentialed. I, thank you. When's thank the last time you left your house? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gone here. I'm here now. <laughs> You're here in the office. That's it. Good. Uh, I don't get to sit where Grand Hill can't sit. Well, Grand Hill couldn't sit there. They he came in and they were like, oh, "Sorry, Grant, well, these seats are gone." Now, so really, though, what happened? So who was around you? Uh, a lot of media guys are around me. Like, we don't uh, care about them. Yeah, but who, who was who around? The celebrities you? are around. The celebrity you? sightings were. Uh, Halle Berry. Okay, that sounds all right. Tommy Lee, uh, Jared Leto, uh-huh, uh-huh. and David Spade. Okay, okay. Um, was he with like a really tall girl? Yes, he was. Of course, <laughs> he was. Of course. Uh, that's all I. And then a bunch of fighters. I didn't. And, and you know, uh, I didn't. I, I didn't see any, anybody else, any other movie stars or anything like that. But then Grant Hill was there. Grant Hill came in with his wife. I assume it was his wife. I don't know Grant Hill, but. Uh, they took him over. Like well, you he, don't know, because he wasn't able to stay. He wasn't able to stay. So and I offered them the seat next to me, and he was did like, "No, really? no, I'm good." Yeah, I did. But that had to be humiliating to him. I, I, I mean, they were. Uh, he probably was saying, "Who's this mother effing?" I don't know. I've seen I, him before. After uh, that pass he threw against Kentucky, I, I would have given him my, my seat and just gone in. The I Raptors. think they were going to give him some other seat, but it just wasn't <laughs> octagon side. That's all. Hmm. One day. One day, this is going to be AJ's. 
this is going to be appropriate. Now it's, it's the time before this. Five years ago, you probably peaked, and now you're waiting around, wondering if something's going to happen before it gets embarrassing. But now you can live it up, buddy. Now I'm living it up. It was a good, it was a good night of fights, man. It was really fun. So there was a big upset. One of the one of the biggest in UFC history. Yeah, Amanda Nunes uh, got got beat by Juliana Pena, who was plus six fifty to win that fight. So it was minus uh, minus a th- or, minus eleven hundred. Yeah. So there's already early odds on the next fight. Yep. And well, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay. Right. Um, the minus eleven fifty is now minus three fifty. Minus two fifty. Really? Yep. Okay. So that's saying the market really respects the win. Well, I think, yeah, they do. And they also did not like the way she handled defeat. Mm. Ooh, what'd she do? Acted like it was no big deal. Oh. Maybe, hmm. And you could see every expression on her face. I could. She was like, yeah, this is, it's a great fight by her. Uh, As in contrast to what would I, what's her name? The most famous Ronda Rousey. Rousey? Who yeah. Was who co- looks like she was going to commit oh, suicide. Oh, she was every the, loss. the worst I loser. Like that, yeah, me too. I don't like a good loser. Look like she, she'd rather die than lose. I like that in someone I bet on. <laughs> show me a good loser. I'll show <laughs> so you a loser. loser. <laughs> and then uh, my, one of my old training partners fought in the main event and retained but the lightweight somehow championship. Somehow even that, even that couldn't get you a seat better than I got you. Nope. All right. That's uh, he's living the life this dude. You, you see his house? Whew, Tony Soprano. <laughs> oh, stop. You it, see my house. Your house looks like Tony Soprano. My house looks nothing like Tony Soprano's house. It looks exactly like it, it has a gigantic <laughs> big kitchen. It has a I think they call it the great room. I don't even know what that is. Is there a pool table? No. Piano? No. Okay. Tony didn't have a pool table or a piano. Strong, I thought he's he's humble bragging. His house has that. He's this is the guy. I don't have either. Listen, you both. <laughs> listen, you both are in a different. I, I just keep grinding and pouring money back in the company, so we have new products, <laughs> new podcasts. I'm the sucker, apparently. All right, next game. Your three weight. Okay, now this is a situation where I know I'm going. In, I'm wading into the square waters. <gasps> but very, very cognizantly of it. I'm aware. And my ears are perked up. You know how sometimes if you're playing, you know, or if you're in the, you know, I don't even want to try to extend it to like if you're in war or something, but if you're playing like some kind of tag or something and you're kind of walking through an area, you know this might be a trap as a kid. I know there might be a trap here, but I think the trap, the people laying the trap are wrong. I'm taking New England plus two and a half. Now, Fez, this line... Was I wish I could reach that Huey Lewis button. Except it's not. It can't be. If, first of all, again, I'm going to say this one more time. The Pope, you know, the Pope has <laughs> there's, 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 there's such a concept called, and I don't pronounce this real well, infallibility. Infalli- infallibility. Infallibility. And what that means is you can't be wrong. And if since I'm the person literally that started, and this is true, I literally started the whole square versus sharp, like assessing plays with Colin with that. Did you ever hear of that before? No. Yeah, it started right here. It was my idea. (laughs) And you know what? I'm going to, you can, you know, whatever else comes from it, it comes from it. I don't want to be responsible for where this industry goes. But that (laughs) mother effer is mine. And you know what? I get to decide what's sharp and what's square. All right. Agreement. (laughs) Even if it's wrong. I think it's sharp. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, of course it's sharp because I I don't want to steal your handicap. Go ahead. You go ahead. One week ago, Mm -hmm. New England was favored. Minus two. 
What was it, two and a half? Two and a half. Was it two? Minus so, two so and a half. look ahead line, two and a half. Two and a half. Well, now, a lot of shit might have happened since. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> well, now, so now New England's plus two and a half. So a whole lot should happen, except both teams were on a buy. So let's let, let's think of that. Let me, let me turn it into a money line, if I will. This is almost like two baseball teams are playing. They got a day off, right? And they put the line on the baseball game, and it's plus the one. The upcoming game. Yeah. My, New England has a baseball team, and they're minus 120. And then... A, the, a day goes by, and then nothing changes. Same starting pitchers, same lineups. Now they're plus 120. Now, I think a, I want Hold on a second. Minus two and a half, what, that, that converts to over 120, doesn't it? Yeah, like a 20. It's No big would be like a minus 124, you think? Okay. Probably something like that. So you're right. You're right. Yeah. So so you've gone from a— Like a 50-cent move. You've gone a 40—yeah, 48, 50-cent move. 50-cent move, and for no change. reason. The only thing is—narrative. Nothing has changed. It's just— People who write about sports betting talk about, oh, the Colts could be ten and oh, they're really good. Mm-hmm. Well, which is kind of true. It's kind of true, but I think you, I like the way you put it down. You said, no, the Colts really aren't, shouldn't be ten and oh, they're really eight one and one. The last ten, you, you laid that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. to the archives, straight out of Vegas. RJ lays it all out. The Colts are eight one and one. The last ten. And, well, the, and the way we came to that was we we have our fourth quarter win share pregame.com. McKenzie runs it. And what we do is we look at any given – after every play of the fourth quarters of every game, what does the algorithm say the win percentage chance is? So if you're 90% to win the whole quarter, let's say nothing changed, you, you had a 90% chance to win. So if you won or lost, you had a 90% chance to win. Now, we weight it where the plays in the last five minutes are worth more, the plays in the second five minutes are worth more than the first five, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's 1x – 2x, 4x. So there's 7x to go around, 4 sevens is the last five minutes. So if there's a big turnaround at the end, hey, it, it matters, right? But the team had a real good chance. If you look at it, in one of those games, they had like a 62%, I think the Baltimore game, they had like a 62% chance to win, like a 50% chance against Tennessee, and then against Tampa, it was like 25%. So you add it all up, it comes out to about one and a half wins they should have had. Exactly right. And and we're just giving them 100% for their seven wins, which is not accurate. Six of them were blowouts, but one of them was close. Mm-hmm. Um, so bottom line, really, really nice. Guess what? Guess who else is 8-1, eight, 8-1? One, eight, and one. New England is 8-1. and one. So you've got an 8-1-1 one, one versus a team that's on an 8-1 and one run. Basically, both these teams are playing phenomenal football, but New England is... Most people, most ratings would have New England rated the better team. I have them rated the better team by two points. It's an overreaction to this Indy must-win situation and and the narrative that they're so good right now. And I think that that's where the value is coming from. But I think the matchup makes me like the, the – I don't know if I think – I mean, I guess in theory I wouldn't have been anxious to bet the Colts a plus two and a half. So I'm not saying I would have bet the Pats at minus two and a half. But I, I, I think the line's somewhere in that range, and here's why. What have the Colts been able to do? Be a lesser version of the Patriots. Their mm. defense isn't as good. No. But they kind of have a tough D that can stop the run. You know, they're kind of old school. They got one running back they handed off to instead of three. And, so and I also think the, the Pats headlines. stopping the run. I think the Pats are a better ver. I, I'd rather have, with Belichick coaching, mm-hmm. I'd rather have... Uh, the court, you know, New England's quarterback, Mac Jones, then I, <laughs> the, I mean, w- 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 I know you've got him kind of ranked high right now. Where, where do you got? I, I brought Wentz, Wentz up to 10 only because he's up to sixth in QBR. So I, you know, I had someone had to be 10. I wasn't going to put Russell Wilson there. Yet. Since, since that 0 and 3 start, 
Carson Wentz, his adjusted EPA per play is .223, fourth behind Brady, Rodgers, and Herbert. Like, since that 0-3 strike. I never heard of e- EPA, EPA before he came here. Yeah. Now he's quoting EPA per play, but arbitrarily yeah, after the good. first. Did you ever Did you ever say the His word? His touchdown to interception ratio, I get shit for that. What do I not get <laughs> shit for? Let me ask you a question. Icy though. calm. Had you ever, icy calm. Have you ever said EPA, except when you're complaining about some pollution thing that might have cost you money, had you ever said EPA before? Yes, but I wasn't a regularly used stat. <laughs> but why do we arbitrarily say after the first three games? Because the first three, remember Carson Wentz was hurt coming into the season. But he magically got fixed after the third game? That's what it seems to be a line of demarcation, doesn't it? That was an zero and three start. They've they've been, you know, they've been pretty strong do, since. Do you do you like the other side? Do you like the Colts? I, I don't like it now. I, I liked it. I, I mean, I was five hoping, points ago. I, no, I liked told it, me about it. Two and a half points ago. I, I like it as a pick, uh, but I, I don't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can get there. At two and a half. Remember, it's a weird Saturday night game, and and strange start times, things like that, always seem to favor. RJ, you you mentioned this. It's like a weird chess game with new rules. The better coach, it seems to favor, right? I was I was listening to a pod today where they were talking about the the Patriots and the offenses that they faced, and maybe their defensive numbers. Oh, everyone's trying to figure out how to. Everyone here's the thing we got to learn, and then I want to hear what you have to say. Everyone hates Belichick for some reason. Oh, yeah. Because they can't be – they like – here's the emotion I don't understand. Someone wants to intellectually be superior to football coaches at football. Hmm. Like that is a, and you got a little touch of that, Fez. Well, you know, huge touch. They're complete <laughs> utter imbeciles. Yeah, and, and and it's like gotten better. But I used to think you. Yeah, do you see how the how wasted that energy is when it's like all you hear these people talk about is how they should have went four on four. They should have done. It's like, boy, I bet they'd be quaking. I bet uh, Belichick be quaking in his boots if the PFF guys got to manage a the team. Probability that Tomlin should figure out he should take a safety here is one in a zillion. Yeah, I mean, it's like. It's like, and, and to me, Belichick is the guy that people literally, I heard someone, I, again, I, these shows all blur together at this point. Someone was saying how uh, it was a horrible decision to run the ball so much against uh, the Bills. And it, Belichick got saved by fate. And that Belichick is a bad coach. And that, 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 like literally a bad coach has just gotten lucky. Over because time. he had the world's greatest game plan, and maybe he slightly overused it. Or maybe not, because, mm-hmm. again, we can't understand what he is thinking about. He's got about. a quarterback from Alabama. I mean, that's the thing. In the is, snow. It's like I have a – I used to think I had a big ego. I'm a humble mother effort compared to these people that think they know more than Belichick. I'm like, if I disagree with Belichick, my response is, well, what did I miss? Yeah. But they, they never think that. But go ahead, explain how the uh, pay, Pats aren't so good. No, what they were saying was the offenses that they played, the high, the high powered offenses that so they've Dallas, played. Dallas, Tampa Bay, no Buffalo. good. Buffalo, well, yeah, no good. Yeah, they, they say, well, Dallas put up what forty something on them, thirty five. So they were saying, and how many did New England put up? Uh, thirty five, twenty nine. So. It seems like what we're saying here is that Mac Jones, I thought, couldn't throw. No, what I was ta- what they were talking about on this podcast was the offenses that they faced, and the mm-hmm. defensive metrics for the Patriots are great. The two best, the two best offenses that the Patriots have played were both weather assisted, heavily weather assisted games. Okay, is that is that Tampa, Buffalo, or Dallas? Tampa and Buffalo. 
Okay, so, that was so Dallas next, wasn't a good offense. But, and that's what they said was the third best, and they said that offense had the best so, eight. First, so anyone who thinks Buffalo is a better offense than Dallas should invalidate your point right there. I mean, that's insane. Who Do you think that? Um, I think they're probably comparable. Yeah, maybe if Buffalo had a couple more good players. I mean, Dallas has not even been healthy. Every time they're healthy, they seem to do pretty well. When they, they lose a bunch of re- – listen, here's the beauty of the NFL. There's not enough games – for any truth to really exert itself fully. Thus, you can make up any story in your head you want and actually leave thinking you were right. At the end of the season, you can still say you were right. Hey, the Bills were good. Because blah, 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 blah. And you say, like, who can contradict it? Well, you always say, who did the Bills beat? Yeah. And I Kansas said, City. I say the Chiefs, and you're like, okay, who else? And there's okay. no one. Uh-huh. Who have the Patriots beat? Well, I mean, let's look at their schedule. Now, first of all, I question the premise of that. Or I question the premise of that question in that I think playing Tampa to overtime or playing Dallas to overtime and Tampa to a two-foot missed field goal. But you don't so give I, credit to the Bills for, for, for playing t- the Titans to a, a a slip on going into the end zone. No, I, I, think, the Titans I, think, that, I think having a close game. They weren't then. True. I think having a close game against the Titans. Well, first off, no, the they Titan- were below. Yeah, they were. They were seven. I, they were seven point the, underdogs that in that was game. After the, the, they had they had Derrick Henry. They had Ryan Tannehill. They had AJ Brown. They had Derrick Julio Henry Jones. No, do you, remember, do you remember the line in that game? I don't remember the line. The line was like six and a half or seven. And I, th- if I'm not mistaken, the game was in Tennessee. I thought it was three and a quarter. It no, it was not three. three. I mean, okay. let's pull that up too, McKenzie. But looking here at New England, here is uh, they played they played Miami. Jets, obviously, nothing. Got beat bad by the Saints. That's a team you get, you're laying 11 to right now. Tampa, <laughs> tough game there. Tough game. Houston, they win. Dallas, another tough game. Jets, oh, I don't know. They went to the Chargers, your favorite team, and dismantled them. It was like they, <laughs> they took them off at the knees. It wasn't even a game. I mean, I know it ended up with a late touchdown. It was kind of close. Was that even a game? And then they beat Carolina. They beat Cleveland like they weren't even there. Lucky win. I mean, think about this. They beat Tennessee like they weren't even there. But Tennessee wasn't there. Well, I mean, apparently Tennessee beat the Rams in that same spot, right? And then they beat Buffalo. This is a pretty damn tough schedule. The Chargers isn't a good offense? The, The Chargers and the Bills, those are their two good wins. Again, I don't, I'm not square. That's you. I count the fact that they had a coin flip against Dallas and a coin flip against Tampa. Where are the Colts good wins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take a gander at that one. Somebody show me a good win the Colts have. (laughs) They just beat everyone they're supposed to beat. And the funny thing is they've won games because of matchups, but now they're playing a better version of themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that is that in a nut is is, is a nutshell. Yeah, and the extra value we're getting saying these are even teams because yes. everyone's so excited. These math. I tell you, there's nothing worse than a math guy that's not really a math guy. Like I'm not really a math guy. I don't have a PhD in math. These people would think they're so like they took like three like they dropped out of a master's program at a community college in math and they think they're math guys. It's ridiculous. I mean, I like it because I get to make money from it, but it does bother me. All right. So can we get the Colts up there, please? Oh, I've got the Colts right here. Oh, go ahead. Read it. The Colts wins at Dolphins, Texans, at Niners. Hold on a second. At Niners. What was the score in that? Oh, I remember. That was the weather game. No, we discount that because of the weather, right? I'm Jets. Do we or don't we? I think it, it's certainly discounted, yeah. All right, good. So go ahead. Uh, Jets, Jags, at Buffalo, 
at Texans. You know, that Buffalo win was really impressive. They took it to Buffalo. But, but wasn't I agree? But wasn't that a match? Wasn't that a they, they ran the ball? Remember that? If, if I recall, Buffalo was where was that game was at Buffalo. At yeah. Buffalo, and the line was seven, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So think about that a second. They came in saying this team can't play with this team. They did well, but w- what was it? It felt like the Belichick. But see, this is interesting. What game has the Colts won that they didn't bully the other team because the Pats weren't able to bully uh, Tampa. To me, that Tampa game is a very impressive game because mm-hmm. what can't you do against Tampa? Run. What yeah. is supposedly all the Pats can do? That's what they, they run. run. The fact so that he's in a bad matchup that they they ran won. the ball eight times in that game. Yeah. Right, which yes. is we just had that stat. It's the least they've ran it in the last twenty years of Belichick. Mm-hmm. They, they had a couple eight, eight run games. So if you, and how much better is Mac Jones today than he was in week Significantly. four? Significantly, I'm aboard. These are yeah. This game should be pick 'em. You're getting two and a half. Good. What about Barney? What do you think? You there? No, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm I'm still past. <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna run through the rest of the games. One, you know, I, little... I want to ask both of you one math question, real quick. Which oh. is more common in a, in best four out of seven? Assuming every game's a coin flip, a six game series or a seven game series? This is a great math question. Well, I'm assuming you're gonna say a six because it's unlikely. I would have guessed seven because that just makes sense to my feeble square <laughs> brain. Bradbot. Oh, they, you know they're going to agree with me. Sorry, I missed that. That's fine. We'll get we'll get to it. It's it's equal, and here's why. <laughs> so we're both right. Were, yes, and, and here's why. It's so elegant. These you, are the least fun trivia there, questions. Quiet, yeah, you're, right. you're going to love this. For there to be a six or a seven-game series, it has to be 3-2. You have to have 3-2, and if you ever get to a 3-2 situation. Hold on, Faz. Let's give you a proper intro. <laughs> The only way there can be a six or a seven game winner is if the series is 3-2. And obviously at 3-2, it's 50-50, whether it goes seven games or six games. If each one's a coin flip. Yes. How elegant is that? Okay. Let's think. If we win, it goes that way. Yeah. Okay. I accept it. I, I thought know. I thought that was cool. I think it is cool. I think right. it is cool. And we'll do some ch- some mate and two problems right after the game. All right, <laughs> All right after the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to All right. Yeah, we'll games? get through them. It, this is one of the games that the reason why this pod is a little different than our normal ones. The Raiders one and a half point favorites against the Browns. I, I think one main comment each here, and I'll start on this one. I think the Raiders have given up on the season. It feels like they're out of the playoff hunt. 5% now, 2% with a loss, 15 with a win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could say mathematically, they're, you know, obviously, just like Detroit wasn't eliminated last week, but until, until last week, right. I guess. But in general, it, it feels like that the, if you look at how bad they were against Kansas, I mean, to some degree, do you really go in? And to me, part of this is the Kansas City handicap, which is a Thursday game that we don't cover is Kansas City's offense against everyone that's not the Raiders. Struggling. Has been struggling. But the Raiders, a second time in a row, comes out and plays the same. Tasted them. But they come out and play the same uh, cover three kind no of stuff. Well, it's because they don't have the personnel to adjust. Yeah, but, but they, that's what they say. Belichick no would find some personnel. Yeah, no one. You know, which actually, you, I actually, go ahead. To, if they were to make an adjustment like that, they would have to take Abram off the field. Or maybe make him and, a linebacker, like a nickel linebacker, or like a big nickel linebacker. 
Packers, what the Steelers did with Troy late in his career. Uh, what I'm saying is you don't just go in and say, lead us to the slaughter, and then you start like stomping on the on the Kansas City logo before the game. <laughs> not a good look, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good look. I mean, they're flailing. They're, they're, they're flailing. And, and I just had an epiphany on this game. You're right, they are flailing, and so they fly from Vegas to Kansas City. I think that's over 1,000 miles. Back to Vegas. Now they got to fly again to Cleveland. That's a tough two-game road trip. Yeah, I I think Stefanski, even though he's out at this point, is he's got a well-coached team. I'm not I'm not as sure about the rest of this roster to be honest, but my gut feeling at the current number. Now here's what I would say, and let me ask if you agree with this, Fez. I said this on Straight Out of Vegas today. I think in general, if I had to play. With the COVID moves at this point on Wednesday or against the COVID moves. So the big COVID moves have been Cleveland, Rams. Well, against the Rams, against the Browns, and against the football team. So in those three cases, I would go with the moves. Because my theory is that our brains don't contemplate as much the possibility of the next COVID Tip case. Tip of the iceberg, maybe some others are going to come. Yeah, and I'm not saying that should blind play it, but I don't. I'm not anxious. If I'm going to play, if I'm going to play with the, the the COVID team, the team that's suffering, I want to play at the last minute to know exactly what's the what the right, reality there's is. Right. The, there's the nuclear bomb that might blow up in your face, and it's not getting any better. It can only get worse. And, and if there's no more COVID reports, you're probably still going to get the same line on Sunday as you're getting today. I agree. So I disagree I like that. that it can't get better because these guys, they all they got to do is test back-to-back negative tests and they can play. So it, it can get who, better. Who, who are we talking about here? Mayfield. Well, in the Browns instance, it's Mayfield, Mayfield it's Jarvis, Jarvis Landry. Had the... He's asymptomatic, though. Okay. He is vaccinated, so it's still Yeah, possible. so all you've got to do is have those two possible back-to-back tests. But, but, but I'm confused, though. How could he, if he's asymptomatic, that means he doesn't Oh, he can't on, uh, he, he can't because it's I guess it'd have to be Thursday, tomorrow and Friday. Right. You'd have to have negative tests tomorrow and Friday. Well, the Rams in, Tyler Higby did have false positive tests, so it does happen where that happens. So now we can't even trust the test. Right. Right. All right. So I'm, but Higby didn't get to play, by the way. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has there been any case where someone has had two positive, like got a positive and then tested two times in a row clean no. and got to play? Yeah. Who? Uh, Mike Williams last week for the Chargers. But no, he tested positive on Monday, not. He was right. just a close contact, non-vaccinated. Yeah, okay. So okay. he never yeah, actually Keenan tested positive. So my point is, is, has anyone... If you're tested positive. Yeah, has yeah. anyone played? Not that I'm aware of. So, so I agree it's possible, but not likely. Yes. But now, now remember, not all of these are positive tests. A lot I, of them okay. are close contacts. Yeah, and that, the market's not going to move. The market's going to assume they're not going to have it. I'm not, are you fighting against my point? No, no. Okay, then let me make the point. Because okay. I do think it's a key point. And Steve, I think you, why don't you recap what it was? Because I think you said it as well, if not better. Well, so a team has six COVIDs, all right? And that might be six of 12, for all we know, or 14. There could be more bad COVID news. And the more bad COVID news that comes, the more likely this line, the more certainty, the more money will come on the Raiders. So you wait it out if you like Cleveland. So and if you like the team that's suffering from the COVID. Right. So so Cleveland's suffering from the COVID. If there's no more bad news, you're probably going to be able to get the Browns at plus one and a half, the current number. But if there's more bad news, then you're going to get an even better number in the Browns. I don't see any reason to jump in now. And if the more bad news is the point that it reaches a tipping point you don't want to play, then you don't have to play. You don't have to play it. That's and, right. And in theory... This move now should be accounting for the possibility of future moves. I don't think it but does it sufficiently. Yes, because we're bin- we're binary 
Yeah. Uh, group, you've talked about this, that we're, it's zero or one. And right now, all these other players are still ones. I, I think so. And I think probably a third of the value of what is the risk of more is probably built in. And maybe it pulls back a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's I, I think in general, if you had to auto play, you auto play. Now you play with the COVID move where you're playing with the team that's not suffering. And if you want to play the suffering team, you wait till the end. And you might get a little pullback on that line, but you got a lot more ups. It's, it's asynchronous. It's a, uh, or, um, I don't know about, uh, asymmetric. Yes, asymmetric. So, <laughs> so if you had to bet today, you bet the Raiders, but at post, you're looking towards the Browns. Or more specifically, whatever way you lean, either bet yes. now or then. Yes. Do you generally agree with that? I generally agree with that. I, the one thing that happened today, the the move, and I, I guess you're, what you're saying is probably part of this more than just Baker Mayfield's out, because I don't think the drop from Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum is worth what we saw today, going from three to, to one and a half the other way. And I do think there's built in that this feels now there's a second wave of it. There's it feels like a potential outbreak. And he, the coach got reported out today. Yeah, which is though he did coach, uh, he was out that first playoff win against the Steelers. So in a way, there's a little history to this. Sure. And AJ made a good point that earlier this year against Denver, Cleveland had a bunch of people out and they were able to overcome mm. it. They do have a deep team, it seems like. So I would be looking to play the Browns on Sunday just based upon the circumstances. Saturday, yep. Oh, Saturday. You will be looking to play the Browns? I mean, I would I, – I certainly more – I tell you, I'm actually getting down on the Browns a little bit. Like, to some degree, can, can Baker be this bad? Because he wasn't this bad before. Like in any prior year, he's never been this well, bad. Well, he's got four injuries now. That's what I'm saying. But It's kind of like Kyler last year. Like – yeah, but, but the question is, why isn't Case Keenum playing then? That's the million-dollar question. He should be. Because Keenum's – if you would look at Baker this year and say, if Baker got hurt and was knocked out the whole year, would Keenum be over or under what we've got from Baker this Keenum year? Keenum would be better. But yeah. here, here's the problem. You've got to make a, a multi-million-dollar decision on Baker Mayfield this offseason. Except you really don't. They've already made the yeah. decision. Uh, you can decide you're not going to sign him, and then if there's a big bidding war after the fifth year, then there's a big bidding war. Yeah. And, and he's got a built-in excuse that that's legitimate. He's I don't. I don't, think, I don't know if it's listen, legitimate. I don't think they're going to sign. Him. You don't think all those injuries are well? Then why else would he be playing the worst he's ever played? Right. I mean, if he didn't improve, that's one thing. He he was better his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, think how good he was his rookie year compared to these rookies other than Mac Jones that are all getting excuses out the wazoo. Not to mention that uh, Trey Lance can't. Uh, he's on a milk carton. <laughs> Do we know where Trey Lance is, McKenzie? Yes. After Mike, after Gold missed the kick and sent us into overtime, and everyone was sad. It was but that young Trey Lance, the first guy to give him a handshake. Hey, man, get him next time. I thought I Trey Lance I, was kicking into the net just in case they needed. A new I kicker. thought I saw him in the great cup. <laughs> I mean, I could be mistaken. Uh, are you stalking him? No, I just happened to notice. First guy over to Robbie Gold say, hey, no what worries. You, what, what, what do you got, some outlaw feed or something getting to San Francisco? <laughs> no, I was watching at the on the broadcast uh -huh. at the casino. Okay. Should Let's we, uh, you know, there's the Eagles, another COVID game. Should we go to that one? Yeah, Next? So the Eagles now are laying seven. This opened three. You're doing my job now. Against the Washington football team. It's actually pretty good. So what's interesting <laughs> is how before all the COVID news, it went immediately from three to four. People love the Eagles. And more importantly, people know people love the Eagles. So there, I think there's people out there that are like, I'm going to beat the the Sharps at, to, to the spot here, laying it with the Eagles. So really, I think. It moved to four, and then it moved to seven with all the COVID news on the Washington football team. Very similar handicap, though, right, RJ, that it's one of those situations where it could get worse for Washington, 
and you might see even more money for the Eagles. And I think Washington, people sour on them off that that Dallas game. I mean, because that was a deceiving final. They got they got, they got murdered. But they were all. I mean, they were an ex, a missed extra point from covering. Also, it was yeah, it but, was beyond fortuitous that they got that. But, but Mackenzie I, had six and a half in that game, by the way. Well, that makes sense. Well. As you also know that I had much bigger bet on four and a half. Go on, give me some credit. But, not, but, but, that, but not the first those, bite wasn't enough? No, mine is four That was not a bet you told me to put in for you. You see, <laughs> the bet I put in for you, look. Did you book it? Yeah, by the way, no. I have I have your I have your money, by the way, Fez. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was what Fez was saying. Uh, Carried now, over and start texting me some NBA winners. Go now, 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 listen, here's what, here's what I would say. Unfortunately, the... And again, I get obviously the system we've used Saturday night has gotten us three straight winning years, and we're still we're up this year by a game. Now, we're yes, we was we're in a better position I expected at this point after that start. But I will say this: Dallas best bet, or Dallas was one of my picks, and I gave it as a best bet on yep. uh, straight out of Vegas, easy winner. It felt like that. A lot of my late decisions. It felt like my handicaps have been. I'm going to start leaning just a little, not. Just tiebreaker. And by the way, your your couple games were really helpful this week because I wasn't. It was what Denver and Seattle. Yes, I wasn't anxious to play either. I I'm, I think the Denver was obvious because the line move. The Seattle not as much. So that was a plus winner. Let's call it that you added to the mix. Had them both of my circa millions. That, that's it. How'd you do on that? Seventy fifth place right now, three and two. Well, that's good. All right. Anything else in it? I mean, it, listen. Philly obviously started running the heck out of the ball. Minshew came in, played well. The rumors are that Minshew might be ready for you know a couple possessions at the end of halves and mm-hmm. stuff, perhaps. Maybe we look under for Hertz pass yards. You know, that's usage, interesting. Usage. That's interesting. And plus, the question becomes if Hertz. That's a good point. If Hertz doesn't play well, they might just pull him out for during the game. Right. I mean, right. So it's probably is going to play well against these guys. though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do think much like you were talking about the last game, wait until the last minute. If, if you can still get the football team at seven and they announced that Heineke can play, I think you've got value on the football. Which is team. a key point. This part of this move too is Heineke is his knee. He's questionable with a knee. So and he's we, not a COVID guy. And we got the flipper Allen injury situation. No flippers COVID? on COVID. Yeah. Flippers. Yeah. On COVID. So we got, we got a Shermer, Kyle Shermer and some guy named Ta. Ta-amu. Ta-amu. Jordan Ta'amu. Okay. Utah? Ole Miss. Close. Not close at all. <laughs> That's like McKenzie. You're in, what, you're in your late 30s, right, McKenzie? Yep, yep 31. 31. <laughs> Continue. So great. Uh, <laughs> the Bills minus 10 and a half against the Panthers. So this is this wasn't your best bet? It wasn't my best bet. Uh, this was this is one I've you've got to see the news on Josh Allen. I think the Panthers had their dream crusher. I mean they they're done. Oh, by the way, that was another winner I had, right? Was, was, was the Falcons? Back? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. my best bet yeah. on here. But then I got this brilliant insight from people saying that Carolina is going to run the ball like crazy. The reason they got rid of the OC Joe Brady is because of blah blah blah. It's like they didn't even run as much as they did the first game. Nope. The Bills go to 75% playoffs with a win, 35 with a loss. So this is a big game oh, for them, I'd love obviously. To see him lose. Oh, God. Might be God. Mitch Trubisky. Probably not. Probably Josh Allen. Too much uncertainty for me on the quarterback side. But I, I tell you this if it's Trubisky, over. I got a feeling he'll come out blazing. Firing. Yeah, I do. You see what he did in the preseason? There was a move on the over today. It went from 43 and a half to 44 and a half. But maybe it was he was Josh Allen limited in practice, but did Isn't that pra- interesting that a limited in practice and money on the maybe over? Maybe that was more than expected. Hmm. I maybe, don't know. Maybe. 
I mean, what, what do you think the line? If Josh Allen were 100% healthy, what do you make the line on this? 12. So really, this is assuming Josh Allen. So there's no any uncertainty here plays towards Carolina. Oh, of course, yes. Bills six and one against teams with a losing record uh, by average win mar- average average win margin of 23 points. So that's where they've built their uh, their below average or seven and six record is built on the backs of bad teams. The Buffalo bullies. But somehow that didn't bother you when you were talking about how good they were. Sometimes I'm wrong, RJ. <laughs> Sometimes but I'm wrong. You gotta admit it. Then we let it go. Sometimes I'm wrong. So you were wrong about the Bills. Yes. Okay. I, I admitted that three weeks ago. <laughs> Continue. Uh, I, I, and then next game. Oh, okay. I mean, unless you got something else. I, was, I think one thing per game okay. on this. Leave, I'm we done then. Anybody else? Into the fourth or fifth tidbit. Am next I the only game. one on that game? Okay. No, we all talked about it. Uh, Dolphins minus ten at the Jets or hosting Jets. Pardon me. I have something very strong on the Dolphins. All right. Don't peek. Dolphins next week are at New Orleans. Okay. What should the line be? AJ already I'm out. knows. So. All right, so it's at New Orleans. Uh, let's think about this. Oh, God. Mm. Mm. I'd say New Orleans is one and a half. Dolphins are plus three and a half, lay a dollar twenty. I love the Dolphins week sixteen. Now what did you what did you make the line? I made the line two. All right. So the assumption is now here's why I like what you're talking about. If the Saints lose to Tampa, what's their playoff chances? Playoff chances would be 13%. Oh, they're still in it, but it's it's like that's going to be demoralizing. And it is Monday night, so mm-hmm. so big home field. Is it? Mm, maybe right. not. No, I like it. I like it. I, I just like think it. when do we get when Who's, but Miami's a big favorite. So here's the thing. If the Dolphins have a win, they're 11%, so they they'd be basically in the same boat. Now, what's interesting is if Miami wins like we expect them to lane 10 here, the public's going to hear what six straight wins or exactly. whatever. Exactly, and I think they could easily. Come Worst the, case, you can buy this thing back. They easily could come the favorite. Easily, Miami could come the favorite. Yeah. How, how are you going to get even, three and a half? It, but even if it if it gets to you know two, you got a of, nice of, middle. Of course. So so this this if you ask me what's my best bet that that would be it. Uh, next Your look week. ahead best bet. My look ahead best bet. Yeah, I like it. Anything else? Since week ten, when uh, Tua took back over for Brissett, his EPA per play is point two six nine, fifth best in the league. Now you couldn't say point two point two seven. Point two. I was just trying to be accurate. <laughs> you know that whole point two six. I don't think anyone knows what those mean. Just say uh, that's fifth true. Best, that, that, but everyone okay. does that same thing, right? And, I know because, and, they, because they're just you know reading like well, like in that same time. Some of the math guys they may mean something to them, yes. right? In just that like same time. Gruden used a trope. I have no idea what a trope was. <laughs> in that same time, his his PFF grade, 79.6, third best in the league behind Brady and Burrow. So Tua's actually been playing really well. Yeah, but by the people, and, and I respect the stats, but the people that look at like the depth of target and all that are saying they're scheming them up really well. But he, So it speaks well to what he's doing now. It doesn't speak as well to the future. But you know what? We're not betting the future, right? We're betting now. So, no, I like your pick for sure. But I, in general, I don't like betting against Sean Payton, but I did it with the Jets. So who am I to speak? Next game. Cowboys minus 11 at the Giants. So I think the Cowboys have become popular again off that performance against Washington. But I like the D. I mean – do we look at maybe the Giants? What's the Giants team total? I kind of like, I think the Cowboys, you know something though, I'm not so crazy about the Cowboys. Dak has not looked right. The running backs are all messed up. Yeah. What about the under in this game? Just a pure under. Because I think hmm. the Dallas defense is underrated, and I think the Dallas offense is overrated. 45? 
What do you think of that? Yeah, I I, I, I like the Giants, and the Giants aren't going to score. I, I lean Giants. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm leaning Giants, and I think the Giants are only going to get 17, I got to lean under also. So let's make this. We had Jacksonville. Uh, let's make that official, by the way. Jacksonville team total under 21 and a half. It was yep. available. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a derivative best bet, and if you get no objections, I think, and if anyone wants to object, they have to press the button under in the Dallas game. I agree. You like it? Pressing yes. the button? No, agent? sir. All right. Giants 17, 28, and 1 at home ATS. Uh, that's since 2016, since no, the end of the Coughlin era. It's funny because the Jets are actually good at home. I know. The Jets st- home stadium. The Giants just. Is that right? Seems that way, doesn't it? By the way, the Giants team total is 16 and a half, mm. which I don't like at all. So no. I like the general one better. Packers minus five and a half at the Ravens. I mean, Lamar, the question with Lamar to me is how bad he looked in prior games. Before the injury. And even that, the first quarter. The first Cleveland game, the four interceptions, right? He yeah, but just... then even the even in the first quarter of this game, he yeah. didn't look good. No. And what I'm saying is there's a chance he'll play, I think, but but I'm not sure that it's, much, at least with him hindered, hobbled, it's even much of a downgrade to the backup. He's had, in his last six games, he's not had a QBR game over 50. In the first six, he had one below 50. Now listen, I'm not one to want to, take applause or, or platitudes or such but fez aj let's agree what was it about a month ago i said i'm hearing whispers about lamar that are just abnormal it's like he's a favorite of the media and there was a lot of kind of derisive negative comments about him remember you said yep. you know i heard i've heard the same exactly thing. how's like, he done since uh he's had a lot of stomach aches <laughs> missing games i mean it feels like that there's some i mean what i'm saying is it's like that's a. Re- I don't say stuff like that very. I, I put a stake in the ground. He's played shockingly bad. Since. Shockingly bad. There's something going on. It. Feels I agree. Like. I don't know what, and I'm not reporting it. But it's like, what do you think, AJ? I think it's bad. I don't. I don't know the behind the scenes stuff. I just see what I've seen with my eyes. And there's like the we. Honestly, the first couple weeks of the season, I thought, man, Lamar. Could be another MVP candidate. Like yes, he could have another run. We're talking about that way late. Actually, he was yeah. he was throwing the ball really well, and obviously he could still run. So, but the, the passing has just gone back. It's gone backwards, and it, honestly, he's not running that well either. So it's it's just a it's not a good situation. And their defense that didn't get tested, the secondary with Humphrey out, didn't get tested last week against the Browns because the Browns don't throw. Mm-hmm. It's going to get tested against his Packers. That's a great team. point. All right, continue. Uh, let's go to the Falcons, plus nine at the 49ers. I, 49ers are probably my last pick, would have been my next pick. I, I just feel like the Falcons do well against bad teams, but the Falcons, when they can get bullied, they get bullied. Mm. The, and I mean, what Like the Philly? two Tampa Bay games where they got smashed. Yeah, an opening opening day, yeah, the, against Philly. Um, you know, I just, that was, I watched the Bengals game. That was a war. That was such a tough physical overtime. Another reason game. not to play the Bengals this week. Yeah, Square. or the Niners. Square. I don't want to. I don't want to play. I don't play. Want to play the Niners off of that? I think. And, and That's a good point. Especially news, a big number. I think McKenzie. This might be the week. Remember, he's well, got to go against. The, I tell Niners. you, if he doesn't do it soon, I'm not going to accept it. McKenzie, how I, you feeling? I texted you. I don't like the 49ers coming off a big road win, coming home, huge bit favorites. It seems like a sleeper spot. But to your point, RJ, that the Falcons seem to get blown out. They're last in DVOA. Worse than the Lions, worse than the Texans. That blows my mind. Might keep me off it, but his Falcons are past for me. The 49ers have one win over a team currently projected to make the playoffs. Like they're they are the ultimate 
beat up on bad. But the only reason the Bengals are projected not to make the playoffs is because they lost to the 49ers. Uh, That's fair. But I I, think what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, the Falcons are a bad team. This is a situation where they they could potentially beat up on them. So here's the thing, Mackenzie. If you don't pick against the 49ers in due time, it only costs you the entry fee to the Super Contest a thousand. But here's the beauty of it: you get to go home to Uncle Mike whenever you see him again, (laughs) whenever that is, and say, you know what? To not bet against, or cousin Kyle, to not bet against you, I ate a thousand dollars. And then maybe he'll slip it into your pocket. Well, maybe he'll be in the will. Who knows? Maybe he'll put it in your stocking. Garrett Subway commercial where you might have you might have fresh ingredients, but I got loyalty. You've seen that commercial. Yes, I, I don't see many commercials, but I have seen that one. <laughs> it's a good one, right? Yeah, it is. So, McCann, I think you should Stevie. do that. I think you should do that, actually. It's my advice. By the way, Brad Bott says 108 minus 108 <laughs> is the point differential for the Falcons this year. Oh, that's not good. Atlanta with a win, this is a crazy number. What do you think their win per, or their playoff percentage would be with 23%. a win? 23%. 38. 41%. I want the Falcons to make it. Mm, me too, because I want to be able to. Bet against them. Next game. <laughs> uh, Seahawks plus four and a half at the Rams. So this is a COVID game. Yep. Stafford had a good game. Now, Stafford, the, the rumors were there was problems physically, right? Now, there wasn't problems physically, though we made the case already that, hey, this was a, a more even game, I think, than it seemed. Uh-huh. I'll make one more point on this game. There's a lot of stats making the rounds that McVay – his offense does more or does more poorly, not as well, however you want to say it. Some would say worse. As the year progresses, it does less well as the year progresses. Some would say worse or worser, some would say. (laughs) Probably AJ. But I think that makes a ton of sense. Why? Because it's the same reason the Rams typically do very well in short weeks. They've got an offense kind of like the air raid where it's, it's a simpler offense. It's variations of a theme where uh, uh, there's option routes and stuff where it's not as much the play call as it is the scheme itself that is supposed to almost be like, you know, Mike Leach style, roll it out and go. So it kind of makes sense as the year progresses, the last lack of sophistication. They start the year hotter because it's a simpler offense. Right. Whereas the the Belichick teams yes. are like, oh God, we I still haven't studied page ninety eight of the playbook. Yeah, and it, it's a little slow. But here's yeah. the thing I heard about Belichick that is so fast. I've never thought of this till today, and it's such a key point. And here it is, a key point you never heard before. Belichick is multiple, right? So he's got linebackers that can play rush the passer. He's got linebackers that can defend. He's got say there's no talk. You can't go too high because you got a guy that's got to play in the box, a safety, box safety. No, he's got the ability for his team to play whatever they need to play. But that complexity is why they start so slow. And I've never, I've never really, I've never really thought of that. But think about it, is if you're having to teach everyone, if you're t- teaching them, like the Raiders are teaching you one thing. So let's say that, that um, let's say the Rams are an extreme case. They're teaching them one thing, and they're teaching them a simple thing. They're going to be good on short weeks. They're going to be good early in the year, right? Yeah, it's like an assembly line where everyone has one job. And all things being equal, that assembly line cooks that first day. But then a couple people call in sick. You know, there's, you have to alter the assembly line. Big problems. And then the other team in this case, or assembly line, has to learn uh, uh, multiple jobs. It's going to take longer because of the complexity of just having more things to learn. 
but that makes this team multiple and able to that do that makes tons of sense and i never thought of that yeah. before have you no i mean i've thought about the belichick for what i always thought it was more about him starting the young guy figuring mm. hey by the end of the year he'll be better but it's also the complexity not just of the playbook but the ability to do a lot of things within you can run the i mean think about it. The, the 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 patriots this year had a game in which they threw the ball three times in a game that they ran the ball eight times. That's a great point. Right. And other coaches are like, well, this is what we do. We run the ball. Yeah. Is that it, AJ? That's it. I, I mean, got I got one stat on Seattle. Russell Wilson. We could we could have ended on that. Ended point. clean. This better be good. This better be good. <laughs> All right. Trend upward. QBR, five games since he's been back. Not a straight line, but 12. That's bad. 22, 56, 30, 93. So Russell was starting to cook. Except at 30, it seems like there's one game that he started to Just, quote. What do they call when you interpolate between the, the five data points and it's the trend seem, lines up? I don't think he should have ruined that ending, mm-hmm. do you? All right. I mean, if, if only we added it, but we don't, so we got to keep this. Talk, hey, next week, by the way, Christmas week, but will be the normal schedule, Wednesday taping, Thursday release, and maybe we'll put a little bit of green somewhere in the, in the uh, uh, artwork. But probably not. Orange is the color. Talk to you next week.